Hello. hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> well, welcome to uh, DiplomacyGames.com. Episode yes. 15. 15. We've actually got our shit together and worked out the number. How about that? Correct. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Oh. What are you drinking there, Andy? Um, it's a Ridock Kunawara Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, that sounds complicated. It's not too bad. It's actually quite a, a decent drink for a fair price. I've had it before at Dan Murphy's. I've got a few of the bottles there when they had it like on one of those little receipt voucher things. Oh, yep, yep. So it's and you a... kind of pick up, you know, a couple of bottles for like, you know, 20 bucks and it's like, bargain. Oh, fair enough. What are you having? Oh, I'm just having a plain old Carlton draft. Although I'm going to move across to trying that um, wood smoked 4X. <laughs> I don't think it's smoked. I think no, it's just wood, wood, wood barrel. Wood barrel 4X. It sounds pretty nice too. So I'll move on to that after this one. Yeah, so uh, we are we are broadcasting today from the Breakfast Creek Hotel in Brisbane. Quite a nice old place. It's a lovely old place. It's a great place. A uh, lot of character, a lot of history. Being a, a non-Queenslander, you probably don't know all the history and whatever like that. No, not at all. Well, I mean, for example, the um, the beer that we're going to get, that you're going to get to, was uh, one of the few pubs, so I think it's one of the few pubs still in Australia where you can actually get beer on a barrel rather than through, you know, the whole metal... Oh whatever key metal key yeah oh. so it all came down to the wharfies because obviously Brisbane going back to back in the 70s you know all the wharfs used to be here along the river right and the wharfies would always come in here after you know knocking off at three o'clock to get smashed and they were determined not to go go to this you know newfangled metal stuff it has to be traditional it has to stay on you know beer has to be served on a wooden keg oh, okay. and they got a petition got it actually went all the way up to the the guy who was running Forex brewery and, uh, you know, he kind of agreed to it. And apparently now the bar is named after him. Well, there we as go. As a result. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to try it. How Excellent. could I not? But, oh, yes, we should mention, this is actually a, a podcast not about drinking or about oh, history. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, about yeah. the game diplomacy. That's right. Of course it is. And uh, very important because... <laughs> <laughs> we just get trashed while we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so for those of you who might be new listeners, um, yes, the game is... Actually, this is the one and only premiere podcast around uh, diplomacy online. So specifically online. Specifically online. Yep, 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 so yep. there's other one. There's another one which is now back again. Diplomacy Cast. Diplomacy yeah. Cast. I have caught up is, with their recent one yet. Have you? Okay, they've, no. they've got their, uh, their April Fool's episode out. Okay, great. I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with that one. After about an eight-month eight hiatus. So look, regardless, I'm really pleased that they're back because I always enjoy listening to them. It's always great listening about diplomacy. Sure. And I having a bit, of a bit of a laugh at the same time. So, yep. so um, what do we got for us in this episode, Andy? Right, well today we've got a bit of a latest news, so we're going to cover off the massive, massive news about the Kalthammer uh, auction estate. estate sale, yes. Uh, so we'll touch on that. We've got a bit of a conversation around various tournaments and updates on those, both the 2016 WebDip tournament, the uh, WebDip 1 versus 1 tournament, and I'll get on a little bit later about my involvement in the online diplomacy tournament over at PlayDip. Yes. Um, we'll have a bit of a round the grounds, I think, talk about some of the games that we've been involved in that we can talk about. Okay. And um, and then we've got our, our big interview, which is a big interview. It goes for about a full hour, maybe a little bit over. Yep, but it was uh, quite, quite interesting. It's actually. a fantastic interview. Yeah, it's yeah. like all these interviews are great interviews. I always enjoy doing them. And um, so that's a, a very special interview we've got with the admin of Play Diplomacy, which is Super Dipsy. And, and the guy who runs the forum games, Morg. Morg, yeah. Yep. So um, 
it's it, we kind of did this one as a, as a follow-up after our interview with Care Bear, where he was able to answer a fair amount of questions, but not all the questions about how play diplomacy works, because you and I, we're very, very familiar with V-diplomacy and web diplomacy. Yes. Um, less so with um, play diplomacy, getting our fingers, or fingers, our toes in the... Um, the lab space over in the Russian diplomacy space. Yes. Without the Russian. (laughs) As as we found out, I can't speak it very well. Um, And, um, yeah, so it's the one area that we've kind of a little bit lacking, and um, it's the one area that's, you know, probably one of the the biggest online areas of diplomacy. So um, I I came away from this interview, which we'll kind of get to a little bit later, actually going, we've still got so many more questions. (laughs) Yes. But there was a couple of really interesting uh, segments there, and we'll um, touch yep. on that after the uh, after yep. it plays. And then, of course, towards the end, uh, as I said, I've been in that online diplomacy championship. It's been my first time actually using Playdip, and I'll just give my own personal opinions about yep. what I like about Playdip and what I don't like about Playdip. Okay. And then I think we'll round things up. And that should bring us up to our longest ever episode. Yeah, so a bit of a, bit of a yep. warning. We reckon this one is going to be our longest one by far. We reckon it's going to probably touch the two-hour mark, so sorry about that in advance. Um, if you're actually tuning in for the first time, one thing that's very important is to go to the show notes that is on diplomacygames.com, yep. and also it's um, the show notes are also embedded within the podcast itself. So I always make sure that we've got in there um, timestamps around key things so that... If you're new to the podcast and you're starting to listen to it and you go, ah, yeah, I don't really care about what's going on over in WebDip, you can fast forward effectively and we'll tell you where Skip to fast to forward where, to, whatever you're interested the tons, in. Tom's saying, yeah, okay. Um, so, how's that sound? Sounds good. Excellent. So well, the Calhammer Estate. Let's, let's get um, started. Let's get started. Um, so, his wife's obviously passed or... I think, well, he, I thought he, he was passed. For a while. Yeah, yeah, he passed on, I can't remember when it was, I can probably double check, but it was a while back. I think it was probably about 10 years ago or more. Yeah, something. I'm not sure exactly when he died. I should know this. Yeah, you should know I this. I should know this, because but I don't. You're always reading the obituaries of the paper. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone died? Yes. Good. <laughs> Did they stab me in the back of the diplomacy? Yes. Good. Good, good readings. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but he, uh, you know, the inventor, um, his, his estate was being sold. Yep. Um, and we, uh, we were notified by David Cohen on the diplomacy that this estate was being sold in Illinois, yep. um, but there was an eBay section to it, and they were selling um, a whole heap of other items. Yeah, all sorts of uh, shit. All sorts of stuff that was associated with one of the, the really, well, the first really cool thing that came up was yeah. the, um, was a, a, a first edition of the board game. The very first the, edition. The, the, was it the very first? Number one of the original print run of 500. Wow. Oh, I thought it was just one of the 500, but number no, one. No, it's number one. Wow. It's kind of like, when I say number one, you know, for example, if you buy a, um, I don't know, a print or a watercolour or shit, well, not watercolour, print. And yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Like, yeah. you know, 12 of 3,000. Yeah, yeah, yes. Or, you know, you kind of do one of these things with the cricket when they kind of sell off crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I understand. So Memorabilia and shit. Yeah. It's number one of yeah. 500. So yeah, it's, like, it's like, you know, <laughs> the original Bible written by Moses himself or whatever. I find it amazing that he kept it. Well, why wouldn't you? I don't know. Maybe he's just like a bit of a hoarder. I'm a bit of a hoarder. I, I keep a whole heap of shit over the years. I keep number 13. Number 13, what do you mean? Just to stop the unlucky one from getting out there. I wonder who's got number 13. I don't know. I don't know if any of these things are written down. How much did it sell for? It was over 5,000 US. Just over 5,000 US. Yeah, okay. So, yep. um, 
just so everybody knows about this particular um, auction, we got in touch. I got in touch with the auctioneer. Oh yes. So the the guy who, run, who runs the um, the estates company or whatever like that, and uh, said, look, we'd be quite keen to talk if possible to the successful bidder. Have an interview with them. Yep. Have an interview with them. Uh, we also kind of said, look, at the same time, we understand if they want to have you know a bit of. An, I always get this word wrong, especially when I'm drinking. Um, anonymity. 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 <laughs> anonymity. I'm perfectly good yeah. when I'm not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those words, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I said, yeah, we're happy to kind of respect that and, you know, do what we did with Care Bear and, you know, screw around with the voice and not say who they are and we'll sign confidentiality agreements proving we don't know who they are and shit like that. All that stuff. And they did go back. He had them, the auctioneer did go back to the uh, the bidder and said, hey, you interested in now? Whoever it was said, no, I prefer to be totally anonymous. Anonymous. Yep. So this one map, as I said before, it's it's the number one of 500. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the game as you can go out and buy right now, but it's like obviously a really old school board. It looks really cool. You had the, uh, the the old wooden units. Yes, yes. Yeah, the blocks. And there was like um, the even like the paper that was all around. It was all yellowed and was all you know. Was there a? Um, I think it was like a postage stamp marker. So it must have been sent out to him from whoever produced it. From the producer. Yeah. And it was like, you know, date mark from, you know, 1950 something or whatever like that. So And the original rules as well were really cool. I had that photo of um, Mr. Kelhammer actually playing the game with his mates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, that He was probably wasn't nice. drinking like us. Oh, who knows? I don't know. Cigars in the boardroom. There's a lot of really great history involved in diplomacy. One thing that um, I'd be quite keen to find out later on is... is looking a bit more into, you know, who has played diplomacy over the years, who's like, you know, a notable person. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I know it's, it's strongly rumoured that JFK and, and you know, Robert Kennedy and a number of his cabinet would kind of get together, probably have a few beers or whatever like that, and they'd actually play diplomacy amongst yeah, well, themselves. He, he, he pretty much, the story goes, made his staff players in the White House. That's pretty cool. Gary Gygax used to play quite heavily. Yes, yep. he was, of course, the creator of Dungeons and Dragons. He was. Which yeah. you, re- you kind of... T- I, I think I touched on this the other... Uh, it was about, back, about three or four episodes yeah, back. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I was going, who's Gary Gygax? Gary Gygax, you should know Gary Gygax. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then, okay, I know, so yeah, I know. For example, oh, I've mentioned before about the other podcast that I listen to a lot of, which is Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Yep. He must know the game because he's t- talked on it about it a couple of times, just in passing Has around he? certain elements of things. Okay. Uh, my son and I were listening to. We've been listening to the whole series. We just finished about World War One, and he actually touches on the, uh, very early on around how the machinations between the great powers were, and he kind of talks a little bit about that. So. I reckon he'd be fantastic if we could get him on, but he's super busy. Probably super really busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but putting it out there, maybe we can reach out. Who knows? Yeah. But actually, yeah. We're, we're digressing, as we sometimes do, from the Cal Hammer of um, Estate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, there's just been literally about, as we're recording now, about an hour ago, it closed the second item on the estate, which yeah. um, I said to you, look, and you said back to me, hmm, might actually put in a bid for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was the prototype maps. So yes. it's like, you know, it's not just, it's not like the, the first Bible written by Moses. It's like the first draft <laughs> before he got around to publishing it. <laughs> or Jesus, whoever published the Bible. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, what made it really cool was 
the, some of the photos yep. of, and it has actually scribbled some notes on the design of the the board as he's and obviously yes. he's thinking about it. And one yes. of them is like Hadrian's Wall. I saw that. Question mark. I saw that, and yep. I thought that's just like 1066. Yeah, I know, like, right. like great minds think alike, yeah. obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but there's also a Greek variant. Yes. In that too. Yep. Um, it looks really. I don't know if it's playable or not because there's a couple of real, like one supply centre. Yep. Stalemate lines that you can't break. Well, um, one thing. One thing I did this morning is I went to the auction and downloaded all the images well, yeah, from the prototype. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. You did that too. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Because I am really keen. Because it wasn't just there was like, there was a prototype which which was basically. Um, the the final version, the final draft before yep. you got to the the final official version. Yes. And then there was like an earlier, what seemed to be an earlier version because there was all sorts of wacky territory. Sorry, totally different configuration within Turkey. There was a very different configuration within Russia. Um, the well, North Atlantic was all changed. Like the way that the um, the Mediterranean worked was very different. Yes. So um, I'd be really keen. Once we start getting a bit more traction within the the, the lab, yep. to start looking at that as one of the many 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 variants that we'd like to kind of bring to um, to fruition. Yeah, just as a just to see how it plays. Yeah, yep. it might play terribly. Maybe that's how he worked out. It didn't work well, and that's why he tinkered with the board and changed it again. Well, it the same like, way yeah, that yeah, the Greek it, one never came it, out. It dropped, must have dropped a lot of the territories down. Um, so that was really cool. And how much did that sell for then? Just over two thousand US. Just over two thousand. So someone got Which a bargain. Around about fifteen hundred US more than I was prepared to pay. I probably would pay about five hundred US, which is what about seven hundred Australian dollars. Yeah, no, I, I would. Yep, um, I would. Um, maybe I'll have to be put up with like you know uh, the the self portrait that he made that's like worth like two bucks or something. Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, by the time you told me about it, the price of it had already risen, risen up to about eight hundred. I thought, oh, it's a bit too steep. Bit too steep. But it was interesting both for the first one, the, the you know the the number one board yep. and the prototype, how things were very. Maybe this is just the way auctions work. Very very slow. It wasn't until like it had spiked. I, I checked two hours before it closed and it was still stuck at eight hundred and fifty US. Really? Yep. Yep. And then I was on the the train coming to the pub here, and it had just closed within about two minutes. And within those two hours, it's gone from eight fifty to just over two thousand. It's like two thousand and twenty two or something. Actually, I've got it here. I can probably bring it up. Wow, how about that, eh? How about that? I wouldn't have thought that it would have... Uh, $2,027.22 US. $2,027. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Now, Actually, I would have thought that that would have been... People would have bought up that more, but do you think it was because there was a lot more hype? I'm so glad I downloaded it. Look, because the bidding's finished. Oh, shit. I've got to take this phone call. Can we pause? Yeah, we'll pause. And we're back, folks. How's things going? There we are. We've got our... Um, you got a new, you got like, a new oh, beer yeah, yeah, whilst yeah, I had yeah. a phone call come through? Yes, and um, it's actually the uh, the barrel-soaked... Have you had a sip yet? I just had a sip there. How does it taste? Can you taste the difference? Um, actually, it tastes less metallic. No, honest. Can sip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Um, I can't taste the wood in it. But it's less. Uh, it's got a less of a tang. Now I normally I do drink Forex at home. I don't like Forex, but I like that. Yeah, yeah. So it actually I think it. In, oh, it, that's nice. It doesn't detract from the taste of the beer like normal, like a metal. I can see why they why they write it over the fact that they wanted to keep it in wood. Yep. It just tastes better. 
It does taste better. If I wasn't having one of my normal non-beer days, I'd probably have one. Yep. <laughs> I only have one beer day a week. One beer day? Yep. What day is that? Usually Saturday, but I can move around a little bit. Okay. If, if the, um, you know, catching up with you know, mates on a Friday night or bring forward to Friday. Every other day's wine day. Yep. Yep. Lots of whining at my place. <laughs> anyway, well, cheers. Cheers. All right, so our next point of call, um, how we'll finish covering the Cal Amara State. Yeah, I think we did yeah, that. Yep. Um, was the tournament. Well, of course, there's going to probably be more things come out, but I don't know what the fuck it's going to be. Oh, yeah, who knows? Have you hand carved. Um, hand carved, you know. Boat. Boat. Army. army. Pieces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Good point. Yep. Um, so we're going to talk about tournaments. Yes. And. Um, well, so, there was the, the one versus one tournament, which yes. is underway over at WebDip at the moment, and um, it, it, it's kind of looking like we're getting close to seeing the champions of the winners' round. Yep. Um, so there's a couple of names that sort of pop up now at this point in time is going to be through to the finals, and that's down to about eight. So we've got. So wait a is it is there any chance to kind of get? The second bite of the cherry, or that's already been and gone. No, no. If you lose on the win on the on the initial round, you yeah. get another shot at competing in the losers round. Yeah. And if you win the losers round, you get bumped back up into the winners bracket. Yep. For a second chance. Um, so, but the guys who are still um, competing quite strongly in and it's up to round five. A couple are still in round four. Um, Gog is through to round five. Santa Claus, Wits and Mercy are still in round four, are fighting each other. Um, Balky, but... How do you say that? Balky... Balky... Balky Barticomus. Barticomus. And Goldfinger are battling it out to get to round six. Um, Good old Goldfinger, he's doing well. Yeah, he is. And Place is um, still in there. Uh, we've got um, Gengas. Oh, Gengas, yes. Um, who will be facing off against either... Full Fluminator. Fluminator and Zor- or Zorxies. Zorxies, yes. And so those are, the, those are the names that are going to come through to um, fight for the semi-finals. One of those is going to come through. and Yes, but in, in look, the second round, um, the loser's bracket's still uh, up, very much up in the air. Did you play in this or not? Oh, I didn't put my name down. Did you didn't put your name down? No, our favourite Devonian yes. um, got knocked off in round I couldn't three. believe that. Yeah. Was, but, you know... Oh no, it is stiff competition. It's, yeah, it yeah, is stiff yeah. competition. Um, These tournaments are really tough. Yeah. Surprisingly tough. Yeah. I'm surprised how tough they are. We'll talk about some of that aspect anyway, later, but um, you know. So yeah, Devonian's been knocked down um, to round uh, round four of the second round tournament, and he's facing off against Thorinda NL. Um, and those games are ongoing at the moment, but whoever wins out of that one will fight Peregrine Falcon, who we've come across before. Yep. Um, so that should be an interesting uh, showdown. In fact, Peregrine Falcon was one of the ones that Devonian picked as being a, a contender um, in, 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 in the one versus one tournament. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, other ones to watch is what's going to happen um, with Chaka in uh, the, the, the losers round, and maybe even. Um, Hellenic Riot and Jijantani, I think, um, are ones to watch. 
Ah. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, obviously, I'll be uh, paying very close attention to the games as they uh, reach the um, as they get closer to the finals. Absolutely. So um, I did get in touch with Goldfinger, who's the um, the tournament coordinator for the web the 2016 Web Diplomacy Championship. Yep. And because um, as as uh, you will remember, and, and uh, long-term listeners will remember, I kind of got my ass handed to me very, very quickly in that particular game. That's the right. You were uh, Australia. I was in the team, team, team Eurovision. Team Eurovision. Yes. Which is like a whole heap of all Australians except one random Israeli. So Eurovision, of course, should be oh. realistically. It's traditionally always been for European teams but um, or singers, but uh, for some reason now... Europe, Israelis and Australians can sing in Eurovision. Yeah, blows so, me. Yeah, anyway. I have no idea about what's going um, on. Yep, anyway. Anyway, long story short, so Goldfinger, I said, got in touch with Goldfinger and said, hey, how's it all going? Can you give me a bit of an update? Because we're doing a bit of a uh, podcast thing. Yes. And he said, look, he really doesn't have much to say at the moment. Um, he's actually still in it. I don't know if he meant he was playing or if he's coordinator. I mean, he's still coordinating. I didn't actually know he was playing. Maybe he is. No, who knows? Yep. And... Um, Others don't look, don't look. Other games look like they're. There's only one game that's finished, and others don't look like they're ending any ending any end, ending any time soon. Okay. So, so that's all cool. But the thing I went back and did a follow up. And I think I sent this through to you, and I had never ever ever seen this before. That's where the ghost rankings live. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You'd seen this. Okay. Because you're a smart guy. But if people go to http colon slash slash or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure you can just write it on top of your browser and all this work it out. I don't think you out. need to hit, even do any more WWs Everything's so, anymore. Everyone's so like, smart. Computer's so smart. Yeah. <laughs> it's smarter than us playing diplomacy. But if you go to tournaments... Tournaments. Tournaments. Yeah, tournaments.webdiplomacy.net. Yep. And this is a really, really good collection of tourneys that are going on within the um, the web space. But it also has a whole heap of things going off to, you know, face-to-face diplomacy games that are going on. Um, the ghost ranking, the right ghost ratings list that you talked about. Um, it's a really extensive uh, thing. So, like, you can go into the Web Dip World Cup, which is the 2016, 2016 championship we talked about before. All the information is provided there about how it's being run, what the deal is. So, um, you know, if players are at all interested in participating in more formal tournaments, that's probably not a bad place to start. Well, just to get a, a rundown on what's actually out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, to, you know, maybe keep an eye out for when they are advertised and what yep. does it actually mean. Um, interesting, jumping back to the ghost rate rankings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that, as I understand it, is what, in part, the V-point system was modelled on. Oh, within V-diplomacy? Within V-diplomacy. Yep, yep. Yeah, so that's a little aside there. Live Diplomacy Club, whatever that is. That sounds like a pretty fun club. Yeah, well, we'll talk about Live Diplomacy in episode 16. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to that later. <laughs> Just so people know, yeah. we're actually... We've, um, we've both got the day off today, so we're, we're doing a, a, a double recording session because it's just easier to yep. do it this way. Which makes episode 16 quite... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a lot episode, of fun. episode 15 will be full of information. Episode 16 will be full of slurring. <laughs> <laughs> Because by then, uh, you're on to your second beer. I'm on to my second. I'm almost finished my second wine. Oh yeah, we're not even you know a quarter of the way through. Yeah, we've only, <laughs> only a quarter of the way through one recording. Um, so so what's this that you got here? What, um, oh yeah, so now we're going to go around the grounds. Okay, right. Yes, round the grounds. 
What's happening in your games? Well, um, both you and I have been recently in the uh, Renishmiento Welcome Back Drano game, which was oh, yeah. Pizza, yeah, yeah, yeah. pizza, yeah. pasta and poach. That's right. I lasted all the five seconds before being eliminated. Poor Kana. You didn't follow the tactic I told you to do. Which was what? Well, that elaborate convoy scheme. Oh, my God. No, I tell you, I should have, I should have totally gone for another supply centre there entirely. Um, yeah, look, my, my fault was I trusted Ferenz there and he just, you know, destroyed me pretty much straight away. And what can you do if you're Sienna in that game? And Ferenz decides, yep, I'm going to get rid of you. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's nothing, nothing you can do. Um, and that, that's part of what's the flaw of that one, which is why I was yep. only willing to accept to play that if it was an unranked um, variant. So that game has literally just finished, uh, what, about four or five days ago? Uh, yeah, yeah, not so long ago. Hey. So it ended up becoming a draw. Um, I'll do a really quick um, end of game statement. Basically, whilst you kind of got the sucky position of drawing Sienna with a single... Sienna? Sienna. With yeah. a single SC. Yeah, yeah, Sienna. Yep. yep. And I got uh, Venice or Venezia, which was like shitload of SCs yep. and generally recommend, generally generally seen as being the, probably the best position player on the board. Yes. Well, still- I, I, always, I always reckon Milano, Milan, is the better position power... It, t- it can take a little while for it to start I've, steamrolling. I, I agree. I've, I've, pl- I've played this map oh, many, many, many years ago as Milano yep. and have soloed it as Milano because it is a... Milano is generally kind of considered like, oh, look, you know, you're up there in the corner. You, you know, you've got those little shitty France and France and everything yep. you're going to deal with, but you've got this big um, Venice to your west and it always kind of seemed to hem you in. But the, the, the thing that... Um, Sam Jay did, who was the player for Milano here, was that he was really he played well, and and my hats off to him. Uh, he stabbed me in the back, so good. Okay. I never saw it coming, right. and that's because a lot of his private messages to me, over and over and over again, was look, you know, you've done me right. You've kind reassure, of reassure. You've, you've kind of moved your units away. You know, we've got our DMZs. You've respected that. You've kind of concentrated down this area. I'm over this area, so it's all working for us. All good. And then, before I knew it, bang, I was stabbed in the back by him and done very, very well. Okay. So, my hat's off to him. I Congratulations, think did, Sammy J. Sam J did a great job there. So, there was actually quite a large end-of-game statement that was um, posted, wasn't there? Oh, there was one. Was it from Sam J? Um, was it from Pete? You're, you're looking at... Glo- uh, looking at Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I'm on Global, aren't I? No, you were looking at some private chat there. Was I? I don't know. Okay. Sorry, folks, we're just doing some scrolling here. Oh, it's the same page, dickhead. Oh. Okay. My bad. Oh, I've got to go back to history. There's two log for, for back uh, messages. Sorry about this, folks. We're just kind of on the fly here. Anyway. So. Uh, how we, we, we did ask for the players, um, well, you asked, say, well, were you interested in actually getting together for an interview what, this weekend just gone? Yep. And... Well, crickets. Few, crickets. Insert cricket sound. <laughs> Tumbleweeds. Um, so, I, 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 look, I, I like the variant, you know, it, it, it's got a lot of potential, but I, 
I still reckon coming back, and there's been some discussion in the forum in the past about how to make, how to improve the map. Yep. Yep. And actually, one of the easiest fixes that I reckon would be really fun to do and turn it into like a just complete chaos and a lot of fun would be to start each supply centre as a unique player. Right, yes. Yeah, so... So this touches on our interview later on with um, Super Dipsy and Morg and the Escalation. Is it, oh, yeah, Escalation. Oh, that's slightly different. different well, I don't know. Where, where are you going with this then? Well, where I was going with it was like maybe making a variant on the, the initial map. I can't find the thing, oh, sorry. It's, it's, it's hidden, guys. Um, anyway, but it's finished. Um, there was a few hard harsh words used in the game um, but all things considered who was harsh words what was that about harsh words harsh words remind me did I say something about you fucking bastard no (laughs) oh no that was another game that you (laughs) you're talking about Um, but anyway anyway um, so you ended up with a how many a draw so it was was a draw with a shitload of players one two three four five six seven players out of 12. 7 out of 12. Okay, so people um, were just keen to finish it, in other words. So everyone got the, well, everyone got the whole zero points because it was an unrated game. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, players who participated in the draw were Sam J, who was Milano, Jimbo Zig, who was my long-term adversary, as well as Bozo, who was also my long-term adversary, who played the Pope. Uh, Drano, who was, the game was actually full Drano with his return back to V-Diplomacy. Yeah, welcome back, Geneva. Drano, yep. And um, Roughhouse, who I had some fantastic conversations with, who was Turkey. Yes. He was walking a really, really fine line the whole game between me, obviously in the West, and his positions in the West, and Naples. Yes. So he was doing the usual thing of, like, you know, I'll ally with both of you and try not to kind of get in the way and, and not commit to either of you to stab each other and blah, blah, blah. But in the end, you removed him from the from the Croatian... No, 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 no. Well, no, no, I didn't yeah, remove yeah. him. That was an actual... That was a staged arrangement. Oh, that was a staged arrangement. Yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. Very, very yeah, early yeah. on in the game, I said to him, look, because I knew I couldn't take it all, and yeah. I said to him, look, um, I'm happy for you to grab one of these for the build, um, but, you know, if we want to work together, we're going to have to... I'll progressively move down the peninsula. Yes, I'll progressively take what you got. Yep. And um, and actually, the deal was I would let him keep that last remaining SC that was on the Dalmatian coast. Okay. And yep. um, we got to a point. It's like, oh, well, it's just easier at the moment that I take it. And, um, and I think that also worked well for his story that he was feeding um, Naples about. Oh yeah, he's, he's such a he's, bastard. He's such a bastard. Oh, yeah, Cause, like, if yeah. I just stopped attacking attacking him in inverted commas, yes. it would look a bit odd. It would, yeah. yeah. And, and good on you, Decima Legio, for... Um, de- de- Decima. Decima Legio. 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 Decima Legio. Oh, he's going to have a go at us with that one. Um, a little bit. For surviving on Pisa. Oh, he started on with one and ends with one. Yeah, I was actually trying to get him eliminated, but we couldn't get it. <laughs> couldn't get it managed, right? Yeah. Drano, Drano couldn't get his shit together to kind of take him out. <laughs> and actually, it had more to do with the fact that um, the game once once um, Sam J stabbed me and stabbed me good. Uh, and like, when I say stabbed me good, oh, we'll we'll post a link in the show notes through to this particular map, and you can kind of see how well he stabbed me. Well, he split you in half. He split me in half. Yeah. You know, which was great Stick tactic. Your forces and and uh, anyway. 
So I then started turning to the other guy saying, look, the only people who, who, who everyone went for, for draws except for uh, Bo, Bozo, was the, Bozo was the Pope? Yeah, Bozo was the Pope and um, Detchema. And I said to, to Bozo, I said, why don't you just, well, first of all, Detchema's like, ah, I'm not going to draw. This is all part of the game. It's all fun. <laughs> Sorry, it's like a Super Mario voice there. And, um, and, and Bozo's like, I'm happy to draw once he puts in draw. So I was trying to get Drano to kill off Detchema so that we the could draw. then get the draw. Yeah. But yep. Um, I can't remember what the fuck happened. All of a sudden I just turned up one morning and they're all drawn. I went, oh, okay, good. Great. <laughs> Look. Job done. Yeah. Fantastic. But, but it was a good game. And, and you, this is uh, the Renishimiento map, which we've, again, we've covered in... in um, we've covered it before. I can't remember if it was um, episode three or whatever like that. It's a, it's a great map. It's a fun map. It's an incredibly unbalanced map. Yeah, it's horrifically unbalanced. And there was a lot of good comment, as you said before, in the end of game stuff around about how unbalanced it is. And that if only the rules of the um, Machiavelli variant, which I think is actually an official variant from well, what was Avalon Hill. The, I don't know if it's... Yeah, yep, yep. If yep. that was applied, that would kind of help level the field a bit. Yeah, I've never played Machiavelli, and it's something... It was I, the first I game I played. As a variant. I played Machiavelli before I played Diplomacy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's when I was at uni, yeah. Well, it's got some weird rules to it, hasn't it? It's, um, yeah. you know, things like you have to unit upkeep and rivalries and that sort of stuff. I've had way too many wines since then. My brain cells all dead. Oh, well, there's something we can sort of delve into and discuss at a later point. Maybe. Um, also, so that game's all done yep, Also Boss. around the... Um, yeah, Boss. Boss. How's that going for you? <laughs> okay. Um... It's a good game, actually. We've had this since the last recording. We've had a big change in the dynamic that I'm involved in. So um, you're the game master and doing a wonderful job, I must say. Oh, just trying to keep up, eh? I, and I kind of did call on your services when we had. Um, I went on holidays recently. Yep. Didn't have access to my laptop, so I couldn't kind of work out my little table of how many things to sell and how many things to keep. And I yep. just went, get rid of all this shit, buy all this shit. And you were, like, yep, no worries figure it out yeah so, so I've, I've got all i've got the power essentially there you know you do. If, if a player says i'd like to buy as much as possible of this yep all i do is i just take their net float value yep. and divide it by the currency's worth and bam yep. there you got your total um, so from my point of view as a player there's been um just from personally just my own personal perspective let alone everything else that's going on the board yes there's been two big developments that um that Maybe three. They're kind of related to how I've seen the game going. Without going into details and kind of giving away Do you confidences. Want me to point out two areas which I reckon is... Now we've done... No. Oh, yeah, okay, let's, let's do well, that. Well, the first one, the let's first go. area I reckon is very interesting is um, Wagadoo... Do, do, do. do. Pushed by <laughs> Nathal Sheikh, that's true. ...is looking more and more likely to be pushed out of Iberia. Yes, which is what we expected to happen expected that to happen well let's be honest after the um, I've been as I said I've been walking a very very fine line with um, a number of players in this game hey it's diplomacy you walk many you fine walk lines many many fine lines and again without giving away confidences I got to that point where you know when you're playing a game and it's I've got a I've got a one way or the other. I can't keep sitting on this fence forever. Yes. It's getting too painful. Yes. 
Yes, no, I've been there before. Yes, so fall one way or the other. So yep. I, um, I ended up falling a certain way. Okay. Um, I had um, another player who was kind of trying to convince me not to do so, mainly because of the um, uh, how things were progressing within the boss itself. Okay. And that it was far more important for me to be you know, looking at a stab or doing something against another player to um, help reduce their currency. Yeah, okay, okay. yep. So yep. they could stop, you know, yeah, i.e. Yeah, yeah, cashing yeah, in the cow or the playing things. the poker okay. machine yes, or whatever yes, like yes, that. Yes, And um, I did look at the board and I looked at the... And, and I actually spent, for the first time in this particular game, for a long time, I spent probably a good hour analysing everything. Okay, where everything stood in the board. Where everything stood, and, yep, where everything yep, stood yep, in the yep. boss, yes. who owned what, how they were positioned on the board versus the boss, mm-hmm. what they owned of each other and all that type of shit. Yes. Well, look... And I came to the conclusion, as I've always said on this podcast over and over and over again, my personal goal at for, for quite a while is to come fifth. <laughs> and to come fifth means beating Captain Meme is playing China. And by following this particular strategy... I did that, and Captain Mean went down to about seventh. I went up to fifth, and was very, very close to coming fourth until the most recent round, yes. where there's been this so, massive talus buy, yep. which which is the German currency, which is the yep. German currency, and Captain Meme has just gone through the roof, yeah. coming absolutely the through points. the roof. If yep. we if we followed the Captain Meme, you know, board and boss scoring system, he wouldn't be number one. No, no, he wouldn't be. But he's, he's like third he's, or yeah. fourth. But he's number one. <laughs> so good on him. That's a, you know, he's, he's doing really well in the boards. Um, it would be interesting to see if he stays there. Um, I think, I mean, to be perfectly honest, the risk, the risk now is whether... Uh, and look, again, without kind of giving away stuff, I'll kind of put out a theory here. Purely theory. Purely Theoretical. Sur- and, yep. and I'm sure all the players who've got, you know, half a brain can work this out. At this point of time, both... Uh, Sorry, not Bozo. Raffhaus has been um, number one on the boards for God knows how long as Russia. On the board. And the boss? No, no. He oh, has... Wagadoo was on the... Um, Doctor recommended was on the... Doctor's board. been number one for a long while, and then oh. prior to that it was Rexagaram. Really? India, yeah. Oh. oh, well, obviously you should have spent more than an hour studying this board and boss, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, no, no. So and then Roughhouse spiked last yep. season yep. to become um, to change into first position. Yep. And um, Captain Meme's just overtaken him again. And I think it was also um, from memory Captain Meme and um, Doctor Recommended overtook Roughhouse back again. So we should actually mention to new listeners what boss is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It seems to be a recurring thing we talk about on these podcasts because it's it's quite an interesting. Um, sixty second summary. Sixty second summary. Um, each player um, buys and sells stock in a country. Every hundred units of that stock um, increases or decreases depending if it's bought or sold yep. at the value of that currency. So this boss game, everyone who's playing in it are speculating on the value of currency to. Um, uh, value of currency to um, improve both their position on the board and to um, help manipulate the diplomatic yep, yep. discussion. Yep. Yep. So 
and, and, and the victory points, you know, every 100 units. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a... The more currency you hold of a country that has more supply centres, supply centres, yep. the more victory points that you're going to have. Very Did you just true. see something happen? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Sorry, so, so um, we are, we are, we are um, live streaming again with Periscope. Yep. Um, unlike last time where we just got random people turning up saying, what do you reckon about Trump's policy on blah, blah, blah with Russia or China okay, or yeah, God knows yep, what else? Yep. We don't seem to be having those people. We seem to have a very small number of people tuning in. But I just saw popping up then, um, it wasn't on Periscope, it was on Twitter, where um, Chris Martin was saying, likes us being on or whatever like that. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <laughs> so um, Chris Martin, for those of you who don't know, was a you know former North American diplomacy champion. So nice work, Chris. Good to have you here. Yes. Anyway. So, so we covered, you reckon, oh, so what other things we've got to talk about? Oh, wise? yes. Uh, so on the boss side of things... Um, Turan is oh, now hanging yes. out in Indonesia. Um, you know, honestly, because of the type of play, because um, it, it encourages uh, the survival of small players, yep. of course, um, you do end up with these kind of scenarios where you, you have a, a, a land empire that starts off on the um, Khazar Sea, yep. somehow managing Or the to, Caspian Sea in, in, in modern terminology. In modern terminology, somehow ending with an army sitting in... Uh, Kalimantan, Indonesia. Yes, um, on uh, Borneo. In Borneo. So that, that that's kind of interesting, a little dynamic going on here. But probably the most interesting, I, yep. interesting for me is what's going on in Africa. Well, this, this, this involves me falling off the fence on one side. Okay. So um, I have of, of recent times uh, put my position with Leith, who's Oxum, Oxum uh, yep. in um, Grave Jeopardy. Oh, yes. And um, okay. have uh, obviously moved solidly against him in a number yes, of areas. I can see that. Um, in doing so, the whole strategy behind this really was to open up Africa, because Africa was pretty much um, undefended within the centre. Yep. And the idea was we weren't going to make any breakthrough. We, myself and Bozo, who's playing Germany, weren't going to have any breakthrough into Africa the way things were at present. Yes. And the only real way of doing so was to kind of, you know, jimmy ourselves in with a crowbar via Alexandria and then into Fazan and then smack bang into the centre where it was like open for, you know, open for raping and pillaging. Yeah, like, like a, an oyster ready for the... Once you get it out through that hard shell, it's just... Um... If you like oysters, yes. Okay. <laughs> but it looks like he's figured out what's going on and he's um, moved but, down to... But both, both um, Leith has done a lot of effort to convoy a whole heap of stuff across uh, to you know, safeguard itself. But particularly, Dr. Recommended has done a great job and my hat off to him to kind of safeguard his territory. But at, at the same time, it was very clear to both myself and Bozo that if doctor uh, managed to put the defences up within Africa the only way he could do so was effectively to Lose abandon Iberia, Iberia. Yep. and that's that's clearly happening now where um, you know Bozo's just smashing through there and I expect it won't be too long until he's pretty much got the whole of Iberia it'll be interesting to see if France manages to survive out of this he needs a convoy he's not going to get it I don't know I mean, potentially. But from memory, I don't think Wagadu, I don't think Doctor Recommenders Wagadu is is heavily invested in France anymore, is he? Well, that's something to look into, isn't it? 
Ugh, I don't know. Can you remember with your little posty thing? Oh, Where's there it is. You just um, missed it. Oh, I went past it. Well, well, stop touching the screen. There you go. Doctor recommended. What is he? France. Frank. He's only got 500 left. France is dead. He's not. He, he's not. I mean, why Why would would Doctor recommended put his neck out now to save France when he's got no investment in him unless of, unless of course he decides to spike the currency and move him across then which is of course possible but the timing is essential here so at the moment we're going to okay so spring move so it is possible when we're recording this for Cordova to say move to Granada with various um, Wagadu support or even to Cadiz and convoy across yeah given that it's going to be lost anyway yeah I suppose if Cadiz, yeah, but then, but then, if you kind of Salamanca, yeah, anyway, 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 we're getting into yeah, all, yeah, sorts, yeah, of yeah, all sorts of technical, all sorts of technical. I reckon, the, um, I reckon that the writing is on the wall for France. He's dead. Okay, so you can see how Great the boss really, the boss can really affect on game. Okay, France is dead. You think? Okay, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Meanwhile, now Captain Meme sitting back, going, and he's pulling that pulling German poker machine now, <laughs> because uh, the German currency is now worth more. Than oh, any roof. other currency has been in the game, even more than the initial Indian. The big buy. Indian buy. Yeah. Twenty-five dollars US dollars for a German Talus. Twenty-five point six three. Yeah. I'm glad I've been buying German currency for about the last four or five turns. So you're sitting happy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not as happy as Captain Meme though. No, he's, he's like a pig in mud. Winking <laughs> <laughs> away over there, covering himself with all these German Talus. <laughs> yeah, Captain Scrooge. Yeah. Um, maybe you can shed some light though on what's going on here. There was a draw suggestion from China, and then um, Russia comes back and says, "I'll consider a draw when you are done submitting orders for other players, acting like they have a claim to win." Yeah, I, I, I saw this one pop up, and I thought, uh, "I'm not actually. I'm not sure what the." Um, the argument could be interpreted multiple ways on that one. Okay. And yeah. um, I'll just let those guys sort that out. Hmm. No, all right. Now, anyway. you are out of a beer. I am out of a wine. We've ended all of our around the grounds, have we? Well, I'll tell you what. How about we do a quick introduction to oh, yeah. um, the interview? We'll go and then we'll go get stuff, a drink while we'll go that's get drinks, and... Order some lunch. Yep. That sounds good to me. All oh, right. So, let's go. So. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, hang on. No, no. Interview. Interview. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, la, la, la. With uh, Super Dipsy and, and Morg, Morg um, two guys who are um, quite heavily invested in PlayDip. Very um, heavily invested. Been there forever. Um, Super Dipsy runs the actual. Uh, well, does he run it? He's admin. the admin. He's the admin of the yeah. uh, of the site. And Morg. I know he's not the owner, but he's the admin. He's the admin. Okay. Mm. And Morg does the um, the forum games. He always owns the forum games. So. As I said before, we, we have had Care Bear on before. He gave us a bit of an overview at a very high level. Care Bear kind of mentioned to us when we had our interview with him about, was it two or three episodes back? Not sure. Anyway, about that. You yep. guys go check the diplomacygames.com. It'll yes. have all that shit there. But he did mention to us, look, he's real, because uh, he was talking to us about the organising online diplomacy championship. Yep. And we asked him a little bit about, hey, how does play diplomacy work? And um, at the time he said, look, he really enjoys and plays the standard game, which is the classic board. Yeah. And um, he's been involved in other stuff, but he said, hey, I'm not the man. I know the man. I know the men do you guys need to talk to. Yeah. Okay. So we said, hey, tee us up. 
So we, we did kind of organise on a, was it a Sunday morning at 7 o'clock our time or something like that? Yeah, I fell out of bed to, to answer a Skype call, but got you, there. You did yeah. well, you didn't sound too sleepy. And it's, <laughs> it's always interesting when we kind of, we do these interviews, like to be able to kind of coincide with our American interviewees, it's usually like early in the morning our time, so we're very sober, we just had coffee and whatever, and it's yeah, very right, unlike yeah, the rest yeah. of the interview. So like a bit of a warning that you get all this jovial piss farting around Us. other stuff um, now but yeah. then we'll kind of get very serious during the interview um, but there was some really cool stuff that came up during the interview it was a great um, interview I really enjoyed I, it I love the stuff about um, the teaching potential yep yeah, inside diplomacy um, should we be talking about this after the interview no no just something to oh, a bit of a teaser for. okay a yeah a teaser. oh and, things to look out for yeah okay. yeah um, and I love the variant idea of Othello I thought that was a really cool variant idea Othello was very, and actually, from my point of view, I loved the conversation around Versailles as a oh, variant. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, I just want Versailles to, to materialise on the lab and then yeah, make its way into V did actually but get that happening. So We can talk um, about that after the interview. So yep. the interview goes for a little over an hour. So sit back, relax. Enjoy. Enjoy. Grab yourself a refreshing beverage if you haven't already, because we're about to. <laughs> And, and we'll uh, enjoy we'll the interview. You, catch you at the end of it. So welcome to our 15th episode. And with this particular episode, we have a very special interview today with Super Dipsy and Mork, both very uh, professional and experienced players over at Play Diplomacy. So um, <laughs> welcome to, to the uh, interview, guys. Hey, Thank good you. to be here. Yeah, welcome. So the main reason we have you on today is obviously we have recently a Care Bear on and he was very, very, from our point of view, um, helpful in helping us better understand how play diplomacy works because neither uh, Kane or I normally hang out there, although I have been just recently because of the online diplomacy championship. When it came to how the actual platform works and operates over there, um, Care Bear was very, very helpful as I said. but. It was really dealing with the standard out-of-the-box um, version of Playdip. And um, through his interview, it was quite clear that there was this brand new world that existed in Playdip as far as we were concerned about forum games um, and also about how all the different um, variant functionality works over in uh, Playdip. And we thought, well, it makes sense to get someone on uh, who actually knows all that stuff. And he said, hey, I know two guys who are just the right type of people. And so you're here today. So um, again, welcome. Um, and I, hopefully I haven't kind of set up too much of an expectation in the listener's mind that you guys are the doyens, so to speak, of uh, how forum games work and how the variants work. But um, if not, <laughs> we can backtrack from that later. <laughs> what we what we basically did, as I said, is we asked um, uh, Kebear a whole series of questions. So for anyone who doesn't know how play diplomacy works, I think the first thing to do is to go back and listen to Kebear's interview about the standard functionality. Uh, but from there, there seems to be a whole heap of other functionality that exists. Um, <clears throat> and, and I guess this comes down to, again, how you are trying to set up the interface. I've found the interface to date when I've been uh, recently playing uh, play diplomacy. Some things are really, really intuitive and make perfect sense to the, um, you know, non-frequent users, so to speak, of play diplomacy, but other things were not quite clear. Um, so I wanted to check, check in about a few things. Now, anyone can turn up, as we found out the other day, with, um, with Care Bear and, and play play diplomacy and not have to take out a premium account. They obviously are limited to the number of, of games they can play uh, and to the standard 
map. Um, but when it comes to that particular map, there was um, you know, other functionality that was there as well, such as the 1900 and the Versailles variant. Um, can some which actually which is a better which who is our who's our um, person best suited to talk about variants and who's our best person best suited to talk about play by forum games? Morg's the man for play by forum. Um, for the rest, it probably better be me because I wrote it, so um, it's probably best if I speak to it. Excellent. Well, do you want to kick it off then, Super Dipsy? Yeah, sure. Right. So, uh, do you want to fire away, or shall I go down your list of questions that you kindly sent me? Oh, how about we do that? That's easier. We're lazy. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So, but maybe it might be easier so, to the context of the question first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, if I just give the answer, oh, that's a good game actually. I'll give the answer, and and we'll get people to guess what the question was. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> but first off, uh, anyway. Uh, all right, country selection um, you had on your list there. Um, it, it's pretty straightforward. Um, random is, is what it says. It's random, so you, you get what you get. Uh, first come, first served is um, you can choose which country you want to play if it hasn't already gone. So as players join the game, countries disappear until you've only got one choice left. And what's the betting? It's, it's, it's going to be Italy or Austria. But anyway... Um, and the preference system is, I don't like the preference system. That's, that's from the old days before um, I came along. And it, basically what happens in the preference system is you can name three countries. And they're your preferences. And you can actually put the same country down three times. Um, and then what happens when the game starts is you're allocated a country with an attempt to match your preference. And the way that works is you say, okay, what's everybody's first preference? Has anybody, is anybody the only person to ask for that preference? If they are, hey, you can have it. If not, then we might have to have a tie break random choice. You get the picture? Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, now, right. uh, yeah, go on. Is there a lot of coding involved in making that work or is it? Nope. Nope, no. it's pretty damn simple. The random is you use a nice PHP random number generator, so that's easy. First come, first served. It's just a matter of listing the countries that are still available. And the preference, there's a little bit of code in there, but it's child's code, really. Oh, okay. Now, the, 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 the school stuff, I've got to say, I, I, I'm very proud of our school stuff. Uh, we've got about, uh, let me see, it's about just over 200 schools using it now. And um, they use it typically for teaching classes on um, uh, sort of politics type stuff or uh, world, um, you know, world matters and so on, where they think it would be useful for people to see the way wars work and the way diplomacy works. I mean, not diplomacy the game, but diplomacy the actual, you know, meaning. Um, and so uh, what we've done for the schools, we had to put a lot of different things in. We started off with a fairly simple concept, which was, OK, you can have a schools game where there's a teacher and the teacher is a non-playing member of the game. And the teacher gets copied on all messages uh, between the different countries. Uh -huh. And you can actually talk to the teacher as well if you need some advice. But the reason he gets copied on all the messages is so that the teacher can advise people and talk about something that came up in the negotiations and that sort of thing. But then lots of teachers came back to us and said, hey, we've got problems because uh, basically our students are a bunch of idiots. So people do things like they forget to put their orders in. Um, they do things like, well, we didn't really want the turn to run now. We wanted it to run when the lesson starts. 
um, so that we can talk about it when it's all live in everybody's minds. So in the end, we ended up putting in a stack of different things for teachers only. And so teachers can create student accounts, which are accounts that uh, can only play in schools games. They cannot play in any other games. Uh, t the teacher can allocate different students to different countries. They can actually start a game and they can even force turns to run um, even when, you know, not everybody's got it their orders so they can match it to their lesson timings. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive stuff there um well we're very proud of it and you know i mean the fact we've got so many schools i mean we as i say we've got about 200 schools registered and although they i'm not sure that they're all active at any one time because different parts of the world their timings are different i know the chinese school year seems to be a different one but um uh, essentially uh, you know there's quite a few teachers active at any one time and they generally have around 30 to 50 students i assume they've got different streams or different classes or something um, and, uh, you know, we have people coming back every year um, saying, you know, we've come back again. They don't tend to need a lot of help now because we've got the tools reasonably well tuned. But as I say, we had a bit of a few teething problems because students turned out not to be quite as reliable as normal diplomacy players. <laughs> sure. Um, so how many do you, do you find there's retention of those students? Um, do they stick around after the school year's finished? Well, they, yeah, some of them do. I mean, they can't use their same accounts because really those accounts belong to the teacher and they're student accounts. They can't play in any other games. Um, uh -huh. But they can obviously, uh, if a student wants to, they can create their own account. And indeed, some of them do. And that's even more pleasing because obviously, if we want the hobby to keep going, we need more people to be coming in all the time. So, that, you know, picking uh, kids up from, from college or whatever or from, from school is, uh, is a good way to get them in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I started when I was at school. Yeah, I just wish a teacher, you know, that, that sounds like an awesome, awesome fun. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm actually very impressed because I think, you know, that's pretty courageous of a teacher to say, I'm going to use a tool like this to, to show my students how it works. But from some of the feedback I've had from some of the teachers who've really got the hang of it, you know, they reckon it's a really good learning aid because you only need to play, um, you know, a, a few years for everybody to get a pretty good picture of, of all the issues and problems with diplomacy and, and, and the challenges of, of talking to other people and trying to negotiate with other people and so on. Um, you know, they very rarely play a game all the way through. They just play it for, a, a, you know, two or three years. But um, it's enough to get the points across. Sure. Is it a free version? Like everyone can use that? You don't have to kind of sign up and pay for a teacher? No, 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 it's all free. Okay. It's all free. Have you ever had anything like an actual schools championship? Like schools versus schools? No, I'm not sure. We do have quite a few tournaments, but organising tournaments takes a lot of work. Mm. Um, so you have to have somebody who's prepared to do that work. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, and I'm sure I'm going to get shot by somebody for saying this, but I don't think students are reliable enough to be in a tournament. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I think they have other things on their mind. I know I did when I was in school. <laughs> Moving on to the next question there, uh, Super Dipsy, um, about the jaw options. So you've got the ones that we see at VDIP. Um, they also have got open ballot, secret ballot, solo. And, yeah, okay. Uh, um, 
I, I think maybe they're probably just different terminology to what you're familiar with. But um, the way we do it is uh, the open ballot was our original one that came when when the product was originally built. Um, I wasn't involved in that. But they, uh, uh, that's the simple idea that when somebody proposes a draw, um, you can see the proposal and you can see who's voted. So, you know, you can tell that uh, um, England accepted, that uh, Austria accepted, and then you see that Italy rejected it, right? Okay. The secret ballot, you can't see any of that. The secret ballot, you propose a draw and nobody can see what you're voting. So you don't know who's voted against and who's voted for, which obviously introduces some interesting little tricks. Like you can propose a draw... Um, that you're not in and then reject it. Um, you can propose a draw after an agreement with a friend to say, I will propose a draw between you and me or, or, or between, you know, a group of people. And then you immediately reject it and they don't know it was you that rejected it. So uh, it, it's, it's got a few sort of uh, nuances. The solos only is um, you can't play that with ranked games. Yeah, I mean, you can't play that with games that score. You can only play that with unranked games. And to be honest, it, it can cause some problems. That's for these people who they, they do not want to have draws in the game. They want to play it to the death. We know a few people like that. Yeah, the, the issue we've had with solo only games is it appears that people mean that until... They reach a deadlock, and then they say, well, we've reached a deadlock, so what are we supposed to do? And we say, but it's a solo-only game. And they say, well, so what? So we keep on playing forever till somebody dies? Well, you chose to play a solo-only <laughs> game. <laughs> so, so what does happen in that situation? No, it, it's, it's People bitch and moan, and we tell them to go away, but eventually... Um, you know, if if people really are saying that we really are stuck, um, then we will go in and close the drawer. Uh, well, in fact, actually, no, that's not true. I know what we do now. Uh, what we actually do is we say, right, well, since it's a solo only game, there has to be a solo winner. If none of you can decide who the solo winner is, we'll decide on the toss of a coin. <laughs> do, do they mostly take you up on that offer or? Well, yeah, they don't have much choice if they want to get out of the game. <laughs> That's why it's not available for rated games. Sure. How does the rating system well, uh, work over at um, Playdip? Ah, well, that's the other thing, um, one of the other things I'm very proud of, because that took a long time. We, one of the things we do at Playdip is we have a lot of user input, uh, possibly even too much user input. But, um, you know, we have a very active forum, uh, and I know Morb's going to talk later about the forum games, but we have a number of sections in the forum, and one of them is a section on suggestions for different things. And we often have very active debates in those and votes and things as to new function we want and new things. And for a long time, uh, we used to have a, a flat rating system where you got, uh, you know, 12 points for winning or six points if it was a two-way draw or, or four points if it was a three-way draw. And, and people were very upset about that because they said, look, I want a way to have a rating which is determined by how I do against other players and how strong those other players are. Um, you know, just like in you'd see in chess, for example, I want a rating system where... If I'm playing against people who are very strong and have very high ratings and I win, I should get a lot more benefit than if I'm playing against a group of very weak players and I win. 
and sure. and you know the the converse is true as well if i lose against very highly rated players i shouldn't take as much of an impact as i do if i lose against lower rated players so basically what people were asking for was an elo rating system but for diplomacy which of course has a few challenges because the elo system which chess uses and a number of other sports is designed for two player games um, where the results are win, loss, or draw. And unfortunately, diplomacy isn't quite like that. Um, you know, for a start, you've got seven players. You've also got the problem that, um, you know, you can have a player surrender a third of the way through the game and somebody else come in and take their place. So you've got to take all those things into account. But essentially, we have a rating system now, which we've had since the beginning of 2013. And it appears to work really well. In fact, I'm very pleased with the way it's working. It uh, it gets you to your sort of your playability level as quickly as possible. And then um, it, uh, you know, rewards you based upon your performance against what you might be expected to do, given the strengths of the other players. One thing so, that um, the diplomacy super diplomacy, the similar system was implemented a number of years back. And like what you outlined, it was a, a great step forward. One thing that I've tended to notice, I think Kane is the same, is it's though resulted now in a number of players who have a higher uh, ranking, so to speak, on how they play, are less likely now to be playing games where um, they're up against people who are lower ranked than themselves because there's no real incentive for them to play to advance in their ratings. Have you had a similar issue over at Play Diplomacy? And if you have, what have you done about it? not directly like that because um the uh, you still get um even if you're playing weaker players if you solo you still get um, a re- you know you you definitely get a raise in your rating you are risking obviously if you get knocked out then you will take a hit however the, the, the what what actually happens is there's a damper in the algorithm so um in your initial games, when you first arrive on the site and you start off at 1,000 points, um, the swings are quite large. Um, and that is because the system is trying to put you as quickly as possible into the right level of you know, where you should be as a player. I mean, if you solo your first three games in a row, one way of looking at that is, well, you've only won three games. But another way is, blimey, there's many people who never solo three games in a row. I've never soloed three games in a row, but then I'm a crap diplomacy player. Um, but the um, you know so in other words there's a there's then a damping effect that says once you're roughly in the right zone then we'll damp down the swings so that they're more sort of um, steady so as you gradually improve your rating goes up as you gradually get worse it goes down and as a result even if you're a strong player playing against weak players, yes, you'll take a hit, but it won't be too massive a hit because, um, you know, by the stage you've played quite a few games, um, you know, the, the system's quite sure of where you are. So, you know, you might lose, say, 20 points or even 40 points, but you're not going to lose like 200 or something. Uh, I guess tangentially to that, um, we have uh, an issue also where players... You know, they'll play in uh, a 34-player map. Um, they win, their their points, get, they skyrocket, and then they might leave the site for a few months and they're just sitting there with that ranking. Um, do you guys have some sort of way that, that your 
points depreciate in value over the time if that person or that player is not logging in or something like this? Or is that even well, an issue? It's similar. Um, I mean, you know, remember, most of the things we've got are because people have complained or moaned or, or not moaned, suggested things in suggestions, and we've taken them up. And these are all things that people have been you know, asking about and that we've done something about. So on that particular one... Um, we actually have um, for each player. Essentially, there's there's a, a flag that says whether they're alive or not. And alive basically means have you actually played a rated game in the last three months? Uh. You know, even just started one is good enough because obviously good games can take a long time online. But um, if you haven't, you disappear from the rating, the rankings altogether. So you can't have somebody sitting at the top and then continuing to sit at the top of the rankings just by dint of not playing anybody. They, they will disappear after three months. Wow. Now, in fact, their rating and all their stats are still there. And if they come back to the site, they will come back to the site with the same rating. We don't decay ratings. And one of the reasons we don't decay ratings is because, as you will know if, you, if you've dealt with any of these sort of ELO systems, the bane of any ELO system is something called inflation and deflation. And what that is, and you know, that's what Feeder had with the chess ratings, for example, where it had to do a major reset of chess ratings because um, the, the ratings have a tendency to slide upwards. And so you get a situation where you've got a person rated at, say, 2000, who three years ago would have probably been rated at 1800. But the ratings have got inflated, if you see what I mean. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, absolutely. and so, um, you know, we had to put in quite a lot of work to actually ensure that we don't get inflation or deflation at all. I mean, since the rating system started, our, uh, our inflation deflation rate is below 0.1%, uh, which is, which is pr pretty excellent. And um, if we started doing things like decaying players' ratings who are not there, then that would uh, throw a spanner in the works with the inflation deflation. Because sure. essentially you'd be making points vanish from the pool. That's actually a quite a, a neat little solution, having a Are You Alive flag, sort of um, following them around. Okay, yes, so, I mean, I, it seems to work, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, on to um, the next one. Um, so you've got two maps. I, I'm not actually um, really that familiar with Playdip, but Ambie's over there and says that you've got um, two maps that we don't, have on V Diplomacy. That's 1900, 1900 and Versailles. Oh, quite surprised you don't have them. I thought you had billions of maps. But, oh, we got um, heaps. Don't have those two. <laughs> yeah, well, um, 1900 was developed by uh, Baron von Powell, and, and it was a specific um, attempt to develop something that would balance the game better. I mean, we all know classic diplomacy, the it's it does its best to be balanced, but there are definitely countries which statistically do worse than others. You know, Italy and Austria statistically definitely do worse than others. Sure. So um, Baron looked very hard at the problem and came up with um, a, a modification. Well, some modifications to the map, um, and the result is a game which definitely is better balanced. Um, it's. You know, it's, it's got some interesting features in as well. You, basically, what you've got is you've got the normal European map, but then you've got a bit of Africa as well. Um, yeah. And, and more, more interestingly, you can actually sail around the Cape. 
So you can start in mid-Atlantic Ocean and suddenly appear over um, in Egypt, basically, because you've just gone round the Cape. Um, but apart from that, it, it's, um, it, it's got very interesting things like, uh, you know, one of the fascinating things I think about 1900 is England starts with a fleet in Gibraltar. <laughs> Okay, um, which, which makes life exciting. Um, so, I mean, there's a number of things that he's done to uh, uh, try and address some of the imbalances in classic diplomacy. And the stats show that it, it is pretty balanced. Um, he also made sure he had an odd number of supply centers, which is a good idea because that stops these naughty people having two-way draws, which they really shouldn't do. Um, and uh, Versailles... To me, I personally, Versailles is my favourite game um, because it's just so much fun. Um, in Versailles, you have basically the classic map, but um, every player has two countries. And the two countries are one normal country, like you would think like a France or a, a, you know, a Britain or whatever. Yep. And then there are seven what are called minor countries, and they only have one supply centre. There's one in Spain, there's one in um, Czechoslovakia, there's, they're all over the board, but, the, but there's seven of them. And the trick with Versailles is when you sign up and you become a country, like I'm France, when the game starts, you will be allocated secretly a minor country as well. And you control both of them. But they are controlled as in as separate countries altogether. So what this does immediately is it makes all the negotiations so much more fun because you've now got a second country who can pretend to be helping one of your enemies or one of your allies or can be stabbing one of your allies while you are trying to support the ally. I mean, there's all sorts of combinations that you can get into um, because nobody knows who your miner is. <laughs> Fantastic. Does that it, matter? You can even pretend that you're a different major power than you actually are through your minor. Sorry? For that matter, you can actually pretend that you're a different major power than you actually are through your minor and then just add more confusion to everyone else. That's right. That's right. I mean, uh, Morg knows a lot about Versailles because um, what we actually um, do at, Dip, at Playdip is, um, you know, I, I think it's great that uh, places like VDIP have got so many maps. But uh, we decided early on that we didn't want to introduce any new maps that we weren't fairly confident were going to give a balanced game. And so um, all of the ones that we have were um, initially tested in our play by forum uh, section. Uh, and Versailles was a good example of that. Uh, do you want to say anything about that, Morg? Well, I was going to say, it just sounds like uh, a segue. Yeah, actually, Versailles is actually one of my favorite games as well. Uh, from the forum, I just had a lot of time to be able to do it. So I actually ran that game in the forum. And it was so much fun because you'd see... I would, I would act as the intermediary for any messages that were going to a minor power to keep the anonymity there. So I, I would get the message, and I would forward it on without telling who the, the person who it was from. And you would see, fabulously, one person was both Germany and the Czech Republic, and both of them were talking nonstop to France about how France's minor was going to stab France. <laughs> and it was just fantastic to watch. And you saw 
Brad's <laughs> talking back to them, and you're like, wait a minute, what, what are you talking about? And was playing along with it for a little while just to have fun with the person that was playing both Germany and the Czech Republic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beauty, that really is. <laughs> okay. So, was there a lot of... Um, well, it comes down to the programming side of it. Um, I, I, I have come across the the variant Versailles before. Um, and I've kind of looked at it and gone, oh, that would be really awesome to have at VDIP, but I wouldn't know where to start with the programming side of it. Was that much of a... How much of a headache was that, setting up that... Well, it, um, it, it was a headache, but not a major headache. I mean, um, the map obviously has to be done, um, and... The, the rule differences are not too severe. We already had the ability to have a, a player operating more than one country uh, because we provide shorthanded game support so that you can play with less than seven players. But um, it's, it's because you're actually in Versailles playing two countries completely separately... Uh, we did have to do some extra stuff. And, and I mean, there's some particular challenges. Like one of the big ones is that when you offer a draw and that sort of thing, um, you've got to be very careful not to reveal um, who a minor is associated to a major. So, you know, you could have somebody saying, I'm proposing a draw between France and Britain and Spain and Czechoslovakia. Um, and in fact, uh, you're actually only talking about two people because the minors are both related to the majors. But it looks like it's a four-way draw, but it isn't. It's a two-way draw. Um, so, you know, you, you've got to be a bit careful there. Also, when somebody gets knocked out, you've got to be careful because uh, if you're not careful, then it will become obvious to others um, that the person who's just lost their minor is such and such a country. So there were some challenges to keep the anonymity of the secret, uh, uh, the secret country, and there were some challenges to give the ability to operate two um, countries at once. But beyond that, it wasn't actually that bad. So in Versailles, to kind of um, solo the game, you need to get the majority of supply centres combined between your major country and your minor country? Correct. That's also rather sweet because in, in Versailles, there are 40 or how is it? How many is it more? I can't remember. Is it 44? Uh, 43? Oh, geez. Yeah, I think uh, there's more about that. Yeah, no, I think it's 43. There's 43 centres and you need to get 22 to win, but that's 22 across both your major and minor. So, in fact, you can be sneaking up on a solo. If you manage to keep your minor secret, you can be sneaking up on a solo and people don't realise. Um, <laughs> in fact, quite a lot of the game you will find is people desperately trying to find out which minor is owned by which major company? Uh, country. You, you'll often see people sending message out saying, I think I've got it. I think these are the minor ownerships. And, uh, you know, often they may be trying to mislead you, but, but people do spend a lot of tra time trying to work out uh, whose minor belongs to whose major. I mean, I can see the backstabbery in this where you can quite, you know, deceive other players by, you know, having had been your major country attacking your minor country or vice versa just to kind of make it appear that the two of you aren't connected and obviously, you know, pull together a, you know, a contrived war scenario there to give that impression that everyone goes, oh, well, it can't possibly be, you know, Germany owning Czechoslovakia Absolutely. because he's attacking him and vice versa or whatever. 
Absolutely. And if you get your miner stabbing um, an ally... Um, you know, you can say, ah, oh, that, that shocking Spain over there. Look, I'll help you go and smash them um, and, uh, you know, do it enough to make it look like you're serious. And, and it builds up your credibility and, and conceals further the fact that actually you're working together with Spain. I love it. Hmm. And I, I suppose once, the, once it's all there, you could probably go to town with that particular function as well. Though. Like you could, oh, I don't know... Like, well, come back to the World War Four map. But you could divide that into, you know, realms of two. You could control two um, countries at once. That, that's a really nifty, nifty little function, eh? Oh, it but, is. Yeah, and um, yeah, you know, w- w- when you add in things like escalation as well, it it it, it just gets completely haywire. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what what is escalation, eh? Oh, escalation. Oh, escalation's great fun. Well, I like it anyway. Um, Escalation is a thing that was set up. I can't remember. It was Ed Bursan, I think, who came up with the idea. But anyway, it's um, it's a way of playing diplomacy. You know how you can play diplomacy by the rules shorthanded? So you can play with two, three, four, five, six players, right? Yep. And, and the way it does it is, you you know, if you're playing two players, somebody plays England, Russia, um, France, and somebody else plays Austria, Germany, Turkey, and Italy's neutral, Right. Um, so you can do that and you can follow the rules, but but it's it's not, you know, it's still very fake. Whereas escalation, what you can do is you say, right, however many players I've got, we are going to in turn each place one unit on the board and then another and then another. And it depends how many players you've got. So, for example, if you want to play escalation with seven players, you are each going to get three placements. But you don't get them all at once. You have to place one, and then the next person places one, and then the next person places one. Um, which, of course, it, it introduces some fascinating stuff right from the off. Because, um, you know, do you want to try and group your countries, your, your units together? Um, do you want to try and, uh, you know, persuade others <laughs> that where you want them? I mean, it, it's just fantastic to be able to put units where you want them. Um, if you're only playing with, say, four players, then you get to place, I think it's five units or six. It's either five or six units before you start the game. Yeah? Okay. Um, and and be- then sense. the final thing you do once you've placed your units is you actually have to nominate where your home build centers are. Right. So do you get, do you get scenarios where, you know, someone places a fleet in Turkey, then the next person places an army in Turkey, and the next person, and it balkanizes the board a bit? Well, people play it different ways. People play it different ways. I mean, some people say, look, if you've put a fleet in Turkey, um, I don't think I want to come and try and fight you there. I'm going to put a fleet up in in Scandinavia somewhere. But then you get others who say, well, I'm not letting you have it all your own way. If you're putting a fleet in Turkey, I'm putting an army in Turkey, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Okay. And the other the other um, option that you have for variant options, what what uh, like stuff happens? What's that? Ah. <laughs> yes. Um, stuff happens is very popular with some people, and other people absolutely refuse to play it. Um, the idea there's of stuff happens is stuff happens is. Yeah. Sorry. There are several people on play that are wondering what stuff happens as well. Well. I mean, stuff happens is 
all about stuff happening. That's what it's all about. <laughs> so um, the idea is you play a normal game of diplomacy, but occasionally, and it mustn't be too often, otherwise it ruins the game. So just occasionally, a, a curveball will come in. So, for example, uh, you might be, um, you know, doing your normal diplomacy and negotiating, and you suddenly find that one of the other countries has received a message that you did not send it. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you send a message. You send a message to Germany, and somehow it's intercepted by France, oh. which can be a bit embarrassing. Sorry, would Germany get that message as well or not? Yes. Okay. So only France knows that France has got a copy of it. Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay. But that's just one of the things. I mean, you can get things like um, uh, sometimes you'll find, particularly in the spring, and it's only very rare, but, but, but sometimes you'll get a storm. And if there's a storm, then um, the fleets in that area, unfortunately, don't get to move. We've got a similar thing in the uh, the pirates um, variant where there's a hurricane that kind of crops up in the um, autumn every year and smicular area and destroys whatever's in it, regardless of where it yes. has to be. It's just random. Yes, I mean, it, it, it's similar. I mean, my personal favourite is, is there's a thing called um, uh, nationalistic fervour. And, and what that does is it gives you basically an extra build because it's your people are so anxious to support you in your war that they go the extra mile in providing resources and men and that sort of thing. So you get an extra build and having a sudden extra build can be immensely valuable. Wow. Mm. I can cool. see, I can see, um, I can see why some people refuse to play that. Oh yeah. It, no, I mean, it's, it's for fun. That's what it is. Oh, and, and you know, the, as I say, you've got to be very careful. These things cannot happen too much. You, you'll get some people playing a game saying, why hasn't anything happened yet? Well, it's not supposed to happen all the time. It's supposed to just happen occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. And so about how many different types of events are there all up um, roughly? I think there's about 15. We, we, we never, we don't actually list them anywhere. Um, that's part of the mystery. Every now and then we change ones. So recently we added, I will give another one away. Recently we added um, the, the, the possibility that a, uni, a, a unit might go berserk. Mm. And a berserker unit fights at double strength. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine also you can have things where, you know, you, units rebel and decide just to kind of sit there and do nothing or attack the yes, army or whatever can. like yes. that. So. And, and the most sneaky one that I love is that just very rarely, not only can you intercept an order from that one company has given their unit, but because you've cracked the code, you're actually able to change the order. <laughs> And you can cause one heck of a problem for an alliance by um, being lucky enough to get the opportunity to change one order. I personally like the sound of this, this um, I suppose, little extra variant within a normal game because 
I tend to like these things which just make it far more entertaining and challenging. I can see how a number of players would just get pissed off with that. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. It, to be honest, stuff happens is for players who've got jaded. You know how it is when you play dip a lot, yeah. you get jaded, um, you're looking for something a bit more interesting. Fine, pop into a stuff happens game. I mean, all these things you can put on any game, right? You can put it on any map. And um, it's just something for a bit of a change, you know, a bit of a laugh. It, it's not so bad until until you get hit bad by something and then you decide you don't want to play Stuff Happens anymore. <laughs> One thing I might want to just, just jump in is I'm very conscious of the time um, and that we haven't heard a huge amount from Morg about the forum side of things. And I'd really like to kind of delve into that uh, a lot more. Um, Fire away, Morg. Morg, do you want to tell us about how forum games work? We've obviously just touched on the fact that some games make it eventually to the actual um, PHP side of things. But what actually goes on in the forum and how does that work when it comes to games? Well, the forum is a little bit different. Uh, the forum's basically more of a uh, play-by-email format. So you've got uh, everybody in the forum. You've got one person who's set up to run a game, just moderate it, start it, and from start to end. But um, they're not allowed to be players, and uh, typically the country selection is a little bit different because people get invested in playing a certain country, they want to play that one. Other people also want to play that country, but they're not as concerned about it. So we'll have the most standard way to do it is a blind auction where everybody who's going to be playing will set in their bids. And typically it's about 20 points to bid per country. And there's a maximum bid that you can do. Usually it's about 60%, although that's up to the person who's moderating the game. They can set that maximum wherever they want. And then they can allocate based on who wants what the most. And hopefully everybody gets something they like. Mm -hmm. um, anything that's going to have any hidden element, anything that's not publicly posted every season, you're going to have to have a second eyes with that. Uh, just a second person who's can GM just to verify all the orders are actually done correctly because it's a human moderator, it's a human GM, so you can make mistakes. You got to have somebody there that can fix them before it gets too late. Right. Um, so at, at any given point in time, Morg, how many how many games are sort of ongoing on the forum? It varies. In the summer, we usually hit our peak, typically about 15. Um, in the wintertime, usually there's still about five going on. Um, sure. That is one thing that having a human moderator does put a little bit of a crimp on, is there's only so many people who are able to host a game, and so there's only so many games that can be hosted. Um However, what it allows you to do is it allows you to play a lot of the fun games that won't make it to the main site. Um, whether these are, you know, there's one variant, a couple variants out there, um, where they use diplomacy points to influence minor powers that have uh, units, but either they can move or they can't move, but they're not controlled by anyone. So everyone bids and says, this is what I want this minor power to do with their unit and whoever has the top bid for that power <laughs> actually gets that power to do it yep um so that's uh oh, what, what's the name of that one that does that um 
Uh, Ambitions and Empires is the one that uh, is probably most famous. Um, we've got one active right now in our forum called Greek City States, where you can do the same thing. Okay. Um, right. Greek City States. That's not um, that's not the one where you you bid on your starting position. No, this is this is more of a homegrown one. Uh, what he's done is he's taken, uh, I believe he started with the map for Greek diplomacy, changed it a bit, added a whole bunch of miners with uh, each of them having one neutral uh, military unit, whether it's a fleet or an army. Then you can bid on what you want that neutral unit to do. You can actually take over those territories and that neutral unit. And then he's uh, actually got Persia coming in in like season three or four so he's done a lot with it it's kind of a homegrown one that's a nice another nice thing about the forum is a lot of people can create their own variants and put that out there sure so, um yeah go on go go Andy. i was i was just actually going to say so when people make their own variants and you've played it for a while what's that tipping point that, generally speaking, you know, a game like 1900 or Versailles then goes, okay, we're actually going to now make it into a, a, a playable PHP game. Is there an actual criteria around that, or it's just a case of, you know, everyone just seems to like it and someone's got the time to code it up, or how does that work? Well, Dipsy would be in charge of bringing anything to the main site. Um, typically, every once in a while, he'll say, hey, you know what, we want to do another map variant. What's out there that's you got that the forum thinks is good? Um, usually, we'll get a lot of input. What people like, it's got to be balanced. Um, we don't want to upset the ratings that Dipsy's uh, put a lot of work into, and that people care so much about once they've got them. Um, and we'll have a debate about the top three. Uh, I think one of the other contenders last time when Versailles was up was Colonia. And uh, there's a lot of input from the forum community. There's a lot of input from the main site community as well. Mm -hmm. And Deb says, okay, I've got the time to cre create this. How would I go forward? Everybody likes that it's balanced and can go forward. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, so at, at the moment, what, what are the, some of the popular variants that people are playing? You, you mentioned the, the Greek um, variant where there's, there's biddable units, but what, what, what other variants are up there on the forum that's um, popular right now? Uh, let's see. Uh, one of my favorites is Othello. So the thing about Othello is when you take over a home supply center, not only do you take over that home supply center, but you also take over any units that were made in that home supply center. So it's more like the units are loyal to the city rather than they are to the country. So you yeah. have situations where uh, a unit from Berlin takes over Paris, while a unit in Paris is in Vienna, and a unit that was made in Vienna is in Moscow, and it just cascades all the way down. So whoever controls Berlin now controls all of these centers as well as any units that were built there. So it can really amplify it in these steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd be paying attention to where the units originated from as well, eh? 
Right. Whenever we played that one, usually there's a little two-letter code in the corner of the unit to let you know that so that you can actually watch that on the game instead of having to memorize where they came from. But uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, another one that keeps coming up is Seismic. And I would never suggest Dipsy add this to the main site because it would be a colossal nightmare for him to code. Because what you do is every summer, so between spring and fall, you create an order to where you're actually going to separate the borders between two territories and connect the borders between two others that those two territories had separated prior. So you're actually just changing the map as it goes along every summer and between winter and spring. So twice per year you're doing that. Yep. So one thing with any of these um, forum-based games, Morg, is how much effort is required from someone who is effectively the games master or the adjudicator in this process? Uh, one more time, you're cutting out a little bit on that one. Yeah, sorry. Um, I was just asking, with any forum-based games, is there any rule of thumb about how much effort is required from a, a game master or to adjudicate all this process? Uh, yeah, there is actually an accrediting process. Um, it's fairly simple. We try to keep it as easy as possible with while still getting a feel that this person's actually going to be able to GM a game from start to finish. Um, typically what it is, they've played a game start to finish. They Then there's a couple things that are just kind of done back of house. One is I need to see that they can control a map and be able to manipulate it, move the units around as people are ordering it. Um, and be able to do that correctly based on the rules. They have to so have to set clear rules of what happens if I make a mistake, um, how this game is going to be run, what you should expect to see as we're going through, um, and basically standards of playability for that game. Um, and the last one is once they've gotten that far, the first game that they actually uh, host is got to be something that's simple. No more than seven players, no funny rules, just something that's nice and simple that people will enjoy playing, but not something that's complicated. Okay, so how how do you go about joining a forum game? You just sort of rock up and say, hey, put your yeah. name down. Any old, pretty much it, is it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, the forum games are pretty pretty free in a lot of ways. Uh, first, someone decides they want to host a game, so they'll offer a game. You just walk in and say, hey, I want to play. Once you got enough players, that person starts the game. Um, we've even had people that have gone up and said, hey, I want to host a game, but I don't know which game I want to host. What do you guys want to play? Well, I want to play this. So they host that. It's really quite simple, quite easy to join. So okay. you obviously don't need to be a premium player to play a forum game? No, there's no uh, premium requirement, although many of the people in that uh, forum game community are premium players just because they do want the experience of more than just regular diplomacy. So they'll become premium and then they'll say, hey, I like everything out there. I also want to play in the forum because there's cool stuff there. Uh, so a lot of them are premium, but there's no requirement. And uh, some people that say, oh, I can't afford it, which 
is probably just means they don't have any money of their own because they're a kid or something, can still play in the forums. How much is um, premium membership for Playdip? Um, it's, at the moment, um, it's $25 for a year. Um, I say at the moment, it was always, well, I mean, it's had various different levels. Before this, it was $1 for a year. Uh, the reason it was increased is because we're actually having a major rewrite, and the owner of the site felt that uh, if we were going to pay for a major rewrite, then he should uh, try and get some investment from the players to uh, to cover that instead of covering it from his own pocket. Because uh, the um, we're basically doing a big rewrite to uh, to create a, a basically a, an app. An app. Yeah, you know, for a phone. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, good and I, I can see benefits from that from um, from my experience in my limited experience with playing the in the online diplomacy championship on Playdip. Um, I had one occasion where I had to submit orders via phone, and oh my god, that was um, nowhere near as easy. It's a pain. As it's the, a pain. Uh, desktop. Yeah, basically, we're modern. I mean, the, the the new development modernizes the interface and also uh, produces something that uh, can be built into an app as well. So. It'll be a lot easier with that. <clears throat> um, one other thing I might just quickly ask Morg about the uh, the forum games that we didn't touch on before, um, and this was the earlier concept about rating systems and so forth. Is there any type of rating system within the forum community, or is it just purely a case of each individual game is a bit of a one-off entertainment value, see how it goes, it doesn't actually contribute towards any ratings? Uh, there's no real ranking. Uh, there is one person who's in the community who will go through and actually post the results of each game all on one page. So, game such and such happened, these were the players, this person soloed, congratulations to him. But there's no ranking, you don't have any numbers being associated with players. Um, but a lot of it is just, hey, this is a game I want to play, let's have fun while we're playing it. And when it comes to things such as player class, which is player classes, so, you know, Diplomat Ambassador and Star Ambassador, which seem to be very similar to what V-Diplomacy is, almost like your reliability rating, you know, to what extent you're turning up to the game and you're not CDing or NMRing. Do you have similar conditions that some particular forum games you need to be at least a certain level in the player class so that you can show you're not going to NMR? Well, that really depends on who's hosting the game. Some players who do host a game will say, you know what, on this game, I need people that I know will be reliable to be able to put forth orders. Something like Othello, where something can change so dramatically if somebody fails to submit orders, yes, you can put that in. And a lot of that is based on either personal experience with playing with these players or, hey, have you played a game before? Show me which games you played. And I want to find out. And it's really up to the, whoever is hosting that game to be able to put that in. Other times, just a simple game, seven players, no tricky rules. You know what? This is your first time in the forum. Let's give you a shot. Come on in and play with us. So there's, there's essentially two separate communities, is the sense I'm getting, that, that, that live at Playdip. There's the ones that play it um, on the actual site of the diplomacy and then there's ones that kind of live in the forum which is which is their cousins but it's another and it's another country in a way is that is that right kind of yeah i would say that yeah. um yeah. there's people that have played in the forums and who knows when the last time they played a game on the main site was 
And there's people, there's a lot of people who play on the main site who don't even know that the forum exists. But um, there's a lot of people in the middle as well who just, they like games on the main site because it's an easier interface and the games move quicker. But they like seeing the variety in the forum as well. Okay. Um, so coming coming uh, back to one thing I was actually the options and things that's happening um, in, re in regards to building it into apps and and this kind of stuff. Um, are you? It does sort of that comes into how Playdip actually adds the extra features and things to it. So, is it is that firmly? I mean, you're discussing that the you know the that they don't want to update and bring in a you know that they, 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 there's a vote on a variant to bring in so there's community consultation, but is, is is it mostly sort of run from the top in regards to what actually gets there in in a sense I, I, with changes and um, extra features and that sort of stuff. Well. Um I mean, run from the top sounds like it's sort of a bit totalitarian. Um, basically, we try to be responsive to what comes up uh, from the community in, in the uh, suggestions, and we try to, you know, um, uh, do those improvements. And in fact, we often get big improvements with relatively small tweaks. I mean, um, uh, you know, the uh, one of the things you'll notice if you play on Playdip is, I, I don't know what the figures are for VDIP, but in general, you get a lot more games played to a solo finish on Playdip. And that's not because of that solo-only option, which is only rarely used anyway. It, it's because of the way that we've put in a number of suggestions from people to make, make it more attractive to play through to um, a, a solo um, so, you know, I mean, if you look at things like Versailles and uh, 1900, for example, and um, you, you're talking about a solo rate up in the sort of 70, 80 percent level, which is which for diplomacy is quite, uh, quite high because, you know, a lot of sites uh, or at least a lot of games of diplomacy, if you look at the more classic game uh, on some other sites, I've noticed is more like, you know, half get to be a solo. Um, so, so we have we, we do that. But, but for the big things. Um, it, it, at the moment, the way the code is, it, it, it has to be me that does it in the end. Uh, we do have a lot of input from people, but in the end, um, you know, the decision is taken and then, and then uh, 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 we get down and do it. We do sometimes come up with suggested just because we think they're good. So, for instance, Escalation was something that we added just because we thought people would enjoy it. and It was a bit of fun. And in fact, they do seem to have enjoyed it. So that's all right. We also have things like, um, we have an amazing lot of uh, input when we do things like ask people what icons they would like for the units, you know, for the fleets and armies. Um, we, we have a vote fairly, like, sort of once a year, and, and we say, what do you want? And we've had sharks and dinosaurs um, for, for, for uh, fleets and um, armies. Um, we've had um, sea serpents and griffins. Uh, we've had all sorts of things, and those are the sorts of things that I think the community enjoys contributing to, because they all want to have a say, they all want to put their vote in, and then they like to play with them when when they're available. So that you know, we try and get, be responsive, but in the end, um, you know, that it's it's got to come through at the moment, me, until we get the new site up. Yeah, just just a quick question. Um, how about um, other diplomacy sites? Do you guys? Um habitually hang out at play dip exclusively or do you is there any crossover i've noticed in the last 
year or so, maybe there's a bit more crossover than there has been in the past with players sort of moving to and fro, especially with this tournament that Care Bears um, gone and organised, which is a great, you know, it's, it's, it's a great effort on his part. Um, but how about you guys? Do you um, do you keep an eye on VDIP or do you keep an eye on WebDIP and see what sort of developments are going on over there, for instance? Yeah, I, I like to. Um, I mean, I don't play on uh, WebDIP, but I certainly, you know, pop over there occasionally. Um, and I do uh, keep an eye on things like VDIP. I mean, I'm very impressed with the large set of maps you have and that sort of thing. Um, you know, it, it, it's. Uh, I, I think if I say why I don't play there, I, I, it sounds stupid, but the thing that put me off WebDIP a little bit was I found the forum a bit, um, well, it was A, it was a bit primitive, and B, it was a bit... Uh, over the top for, for my uh, taste, but yeah, a bit, <laughs> a bit political. If you see what I mean. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and how about you, Morg? Do you uh, mostly hang out at PlayDip? I do mostly hang out at PlayDip. I have gone to WebDip and VDip um, more as a reference than anything else. I mean, there's a huge amount of maps there, some variants I hadn't heard of before. And then, I mean, I must commend you guys, you have a ton of games going on all the time, uh, especially on variants. But and I do see a lot of players who have... I've, I see names that I've seen on PlayDip and in the forums also over there as well. So I do know that there's players who play at both sites. And sometimes they cross over a little bit more for to, to PlayDip, and sometimes they cross over a little bit more to VDip or WebDip, because there are different things that are available. Uh, main reason as to why I haven't personally played a game there, aesthetics. Uh, map aesthetics really is what it comes down to. Uh, I find the units, being able to tell which unit is which, uh, when the only thing that I can tell from one country to another is the background color, is not my favorite way of being able to play. Uh, it gets a little confusing for me, so I like things like where units are the color of their country, where the colors match. Yep, yep. And are there any um, variants that you're thinking about porting over at all, perhaps? Uh, well, there have been a few variants that I've uh, I've created the maps for. Whether or not um, they actually get played, um, I'm not sure. Uh, there's been uh, Maharaja, I thought was uh, pretty interesting. It's uh, based on the Indian subcontinent. Yeah. Um, and let me go ahead and pull it up real quick. Yeah, David Cohen's quite a um, quite a quite a crafty variant creator. Um, he's, he's actually at the moment making a new one. It's a world map, which looks to be quite interesting um, and probably do well on a forum um, game because it's got some special rules around the oceans there. Um, but yeah, he's, a, he's, he's quite, a, quite a prolific um, uh, fellow when it comes to, comes to actually making those ones. Um, I, I'm not sure why Maharaja is not really that popular. VDIP, it doesn't tend to get played very often, unfortunately, because I think it's one of the ones that's really quite a... It's a, it's a nicely balanced map. Yeah, it looks that way. Uh, I've created a few variants myself, so I kind of take a look at what a variant and tell how balanced it is or not balanced to some extent. I mean, I'm no professional, but uh, as an amateur, I kind of tell if a variant's going to be wildly out of balance from uh, looking at it. But uh, that one does seem to be fairly well put together. Yep. And are there any other ones that jump out, or is that just the one that comes to your mind? Uh, Atlantic Colonies does look interesting. Um, and let's 
Dark Ages, perhaps, as well. Oh, uh, some of the other ones that uh, are, yeah, some of the other ones that are interesting are ones that I have seen on both sites. Uh, I would mention Imperium, but uh, I'm currently running a game of Imperium, so mm. it's one that's at both already. I didn't see it first at VDIP, but I see you guys have it as well. Yep. So in um, wrapping things up, is there any uh, last-minute messages, advice, etc., or updates you want to provide both either PlayDip players or alternatively um, any other diplomacy players that don't play at PlayDip and why they should come over and, and check out PlayDip? Well, I suppose the only thing I would say is um, if you're coming over to PlayDip, do get onto the forum because... Um, you know, I think the community aspect of PlayDip is quite strong. And as Morg already said, quite a few players never even come to the forum and are missing out, really. Because, we, we, you know, there's lots of good discussions going on in the forum about uh, strategy and uh, history of diplomacy and all sorts of interesting areas. Not to mention, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, mafia subculture that lives there. Um, I mean, you know, there's, uh, it's a good community to be involved in and generally a pretty supportive one. Um, so if people do want to come and try us, I very much advise them to come onto the forum as well. I have to say I absolutely do agree with uh, Dipsy there. Do come to the forum. Uh, I asked a few questions that uh, you submitted to me to other people in the forum that do play the games. And uh, one of, several of them had mentioned the community that is there is a solid group of players. Most people who go to the forum are people that are willing to see the whole game out and play fairly well. Um, but honestly, the aesthetics of the main site uh, are phenomenal, and I mean, it's a pleasure to look at the map while you're playing, uh, uh, both on the main site and in the forums as well. And not quite as good, just because we have file limitations. But on other hand, how uh, beautiful everything is! Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Um, Thank you very much for giving us some of your time to, to go over what's going on at PlayDip and giving us your insights and uh, helping us or helping to answer some of those questions that Care Bear wasn't quite uh, able to touch on, coming on and chatting to us. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. And we're back. We are back. We've got our drinks. We've got our food. We're uh, happy chappies. So, um, cheers. 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 Is this number three or four? Three. three? Okay. Mm. So. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty cool interview. That it? was a great interview. Yep. So, what did you like most about it? You kind of gave a bit of an idea when we did the intro. I love I love a couple of the the weird and wacky forum games that there's out there. Yeah, like the, the Othello idea where you could be playing, which follows units around. So, if you take over that region then that unit flips that is C that supply yeah so you take over that supply centre that, yep. that unit flips over mm -hmm. yours I thought that was a really cool idea um, you know it was with some trepidation that I heard about how stuff happens works which I was always interested in how did that work you know we saw at the front page stuff happens and yep. actually hearing about what sort of stuff happens um, I'm not sure if it's a game that I'd enjoy playing, to be perfectly honest, but I could see other people really liking it. A bit too random. A bit too random for I think, me. I think, um, I think as, um, as, I, as the guys mentioned, it's the type of thing that, if you just want to have something different to do, yeah. and a bit of fun, 
yeah, yeah, and yeah, you don't really yeah, yeah. give a shit about what the real outcome is. It's, it's for entertainment value only, and we've done plenty of games like that. Yeah, well, then yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. fine. Yes, yeah, but provided you're, um, yeah, yeah, you're not entering it into it in a real, um, I'm going to get cutthroat kind of manner. Yep. Um, it's cool to hear how the Versailles and the 1900. What's Versailles? Versailles. 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 Yeah, Versailles. Um, how the Versailles variant worked, um, and, and to hear, you know, that, that whole thing about the teaching, how that worked on um, on Playdip. I thought that was a really, really, really cool function that they have over there. Yep. How about yourself? What did you take away from it? Yeah, um, exactly the same as what you said. I mean, I thought it was a, a fantastic um, learnings. The Versailles thing really, really appealed to me. And I was reading recently in um, a couple of editions back within Diplomacy World, they were talking about a game that had been created, a variant called 1812 Overture. 1812 Overture. And it very much used the same principles within Versailles where you've got a major power and minor power. Yes. But they kind of do it in such a way that uh, 1812 Overture um, is a, a combination game based around Europe, the Atlantic, and North America. Um, around the time we've got the, the War of 1812, which is the war between um, the US and, and Britain. Around the same time, you had the, the final crescendo, so to speak, of um, the Napoleonic Wars between you know, Russia and well, pretty much everyone against France. So it uses that major minor power. Dynamic. It's a major minor power thing yep. within that one, but you've got a... Uh, to you basically control a major power on one continent and a minor power on the other continent. So if okay. you were, say, the United States, you might control the minor power being Norway. Yeah. yeah but yeah, if yeah, you yeah, were yeah. France, you might control the minor power being... and, and uh, uh, It was like one of the um, Indian tribes. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. During the Indian Wars or whatever like that. So um, I found that interesting, that, you know, that, that concept, how that would work. I'd love to see it brought... You know, it's the type of thing where you go, oh, look, would I actually stuff up the cash to actually join Play Diplomacy just to play some of those things? But oh, I don't have enough time. But <laughs> I've got too many games going on at the moment as it is. I'm really pleased. With, I've got mine down. Sorry? I've got my games down. I'm down to like three games in VDIP and one game in, um, in the lab. And that's it. Yeah, I'm so pleased. Yeah, well, well, congratulations. Thank you. I, I'm still in uh, a couple too many. I'm, I'm deliberately not um, joining any games at the moment because it's still a little bit too many for me. Um, the other thing that I took away from that is how they do their scoring system over there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I love that idea. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So if a player doesn't show up for however long it is, um, their their rating just sort of hides it. Yep. They're no longer an active player and they're not there anymore. Yep. And so they're no longer counted in the Hall of Fame or whatever they have. But they turn back up again. Bam, they turn back, back up. Brought back to life. With, yeah, exactly. And I thought that was a great little neat solution to um, well, to that issue that we're having over in VDIP at the moment. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I bet on that point, I was surprised that they didn't have the same issue that we have in VDIP of um, the, is- oh, sorry, the, the concern of those who are um, precious about points. Yep. And look, I'm precious about points, so I'm not kind of casting stones at anyone. I'm throwing them in my own face. Um, but where you've got a situation where um, players 
only really want to play players above them because if they keep playing players below them, they lose their their points based on the rankings because it's always if, if they lost against those lower base players then they're going to get their ass handed to them if they win against them the way the system currently works is like well that's expected so no big deal yeah well it's because you guys are too precious with your points it's about the game it's about enjoying the game <laughs> anyway 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 um probably need to turn that off it's starting yeah. to lose and you are um, so um, we're probably going to have to turn off the periscope thing because we keep getting messages they're going you know danger danger Will Robinson you're running out of batteries you're running out of storage and shit like that so um, so to all our video viewers and and we did have two now. two now and one of them actually for the first time we had a dedicated diplomacy viewer great to see you which was um, one of the mods over at Playdip so Thank you very much again for tuning in. Um, I might just give my very, very, very quick play dip thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll go, wrap go, that go. up. Yeah, Is yeah, that cool? Yep, yeah, that's good. Okay. So I have, as I said before, been playing um, as part of the online diplomacy championship over at Playdip a game. And um, my experience there was interesting. 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 Um, I felt like... Um, I felt like I was uh, almost a real newbie. Really? Yeah. Even even though obviously I've been playing for God knows how long, it's a very 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 different um, interface. The way it works. Mm-hmm. Um, some aspects aspects of it I really like. Some bits I, I don't like mm-hmm. uh, because it's not quite as intuitive as as, as as I'd like. But that being said, as as Super Dipsy mentioned, they're looking at improving the way the interface works, particularly around the mobile functions yeah yeah oh yeah. god you need that believe me um but i found um the caliber of players was very very high and maybe this is just is that because it was a championship a tournament i think it's a combination of being both a championship b it's um anonymous so i think you find that normally within anonymous games people are far more prepared to be cutthroat than if it's a known game where people know who each other are, and particularly if you know who the people are. So, I mean, I find at the moment there's, there's a number of regular V-Dip players who you can, you can play with for a while, and, you know, you eventually get stabbed by them. You know, Sam J was a good example, as we talked about before. And you get to know that person's play style. You get to get to know their play style. Yep. So um, this was, like, cutthroat. And, look, I, I kind of... I drew Austria, which is never a good player to draw in the best of times. Yeah, that's a hard start anyway. Yep. But um, my least favourite power to play. Literally from day one, I had Austria gunning for me, Russia. Sorry, I was Austria. What I'm saying, Turkey gunning for me, Russia gunning for me, and Italy gunning for me. And it didn't matter what I kind of said to them as part of as part of normal diplomacy gameplay and trying to you know build an alliance and everything like that they were just not interested not interested they were like let's go get this cut this guy straight out and is that part of maybe their place all over there that they just get rid of austria as a de facto start get rid of that one and go from there it could be um it could also be because i fucked up how'd you do that well the way the interface works is um, it's different to VDIP. So you kind of click on when you when you want to kind of 
So there's no option, there's no drop-down menu options, which is what I actually prefer. Of you know, of unit um, Austria, so Army uh, um, Vienna. Yeah. Um, there's no drop-down there to say you know move support or whatever like that. So the way you have to move, the way you have to move is um, you got to click on your territory, and then you got to click on where you want to go. I think this is from memory. Where you want to go? I think, on or is it on the map? And then you got to select options for how you're going to do it. And I, in my first turn, did something totally wrong where I kind of ordered Vienna to move to Vienna. Do they have a preview orders function? No, I couldn't find a preview orders function. Oh, there Sorry. is, but it was hard to work. I, mean, I, I should have done exactly what Care Bears said, which was, hey, go pick up a, um, a game where you can kind of at least pick up a game that's already played. You know, yeah. For example, someone's yep. um, CD'd or whatever like that. Yep. Yep. Join that and then um, get Learn a bit of a feel. Yep. I didn't do that. And as oh, a result... Should be right on the diplomacy. Oh, no, no, I'm doing it already. playing this forever. So, you know, fucked yep. up from day one. And as a result, not only I had all three players going for me, then they went, ah, well, he's easy meat. <laughs> okay, yep. Well, that's a bit... So that was bad. That was bad. Um, things, though, that... Um, it wasn't really clear, as I said before, about to work... Oh, sorry. There was no way of knowing about if players had saved or finalised. So you had an idea of who put in... Sorry, you had an idea of how many people had put in orders, but you didn't know if they were saved or finalised. Oh, okay. So that was a bit of a change that I wasn't expecting. Um, But that shouldn't matter unless it's, you know, you're the one who's doing the finalising of your own orders. Yeah, no, no, but the issue is, like, if it has, like, five five players of... by, by default, the five players pulled orders in. It means that you they haven't put saved or final. Two of them haven't put saved or finalised. Okay, so that function that we have in BDIP, you, 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 you found that missing. You, you, you were looking for whether players had saved or readied. Yeah. But it wasn't displayed on yep. BDIP, and you found that disorientating. Yeah, and look, right. this is probably again. I'm sure if I kind of played it more often, I'd get used to it. And I wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, well, what else did you find out from over playing over there? Well, I take it that you were eliminated. Well, the thing was, when I did this stupid thing of ordering Vienna to Vienna, it wasn't clear to me at the time that I ordered Vienna to Vienna. I tried doing Vienna to Galicia. Galicia. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to take the phone call. Pause. Sorry about that, folks. Um, my phone is pretty much now dead, so um, there's actually no more um, periscoping, so... Our apologies to our Periscope audience, all one or two of them at various points of time. Yes. Um, I hope you enjoyed watching yeah. this chat. Yep. Anyway, but where were you? You were talking about... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to, to play diplomacy, there was... I mean, I don't, want to, I don't want to kind of sound like I'm dissing it because there were some things there that was just... I liked. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually found the, the look and feel of the map. It's a very aesthetically pleasing map. I like yep. that. Yeah. I like that in the map. Yeah, it is. It, look, from what you just showed me earlier... The look of the map looks quite. Um, oh, not period's the wrong word for it. You know, it looks it looks like it has been. It's a map that you'd find from that time. Well, the thing like, is, it and, looks and like a board. It looks like a. It looks like a proper board. Huh? And the thing about it that I think is really cool is um, whoever sets up the game, they can actually select the types of of um, 
icons, I guess, that you can use for armies and um, fleets. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the game that I played, the armies and the fleets are very much like a World War II style, you know, um, sorry, tank and and, um, and uh, battleship. battleship. Yep. But you can go back and get like Napoleonic ones, so that the army is like uh, an old school cannon. And the oh, fleet yeah. is like more an older, you know, boat and things like that. And then you can go back to like a, almost like a, a ancient Mediterranean version, which is like you know the guys with the pointy sticks and shit. Is that what um, Super Dipsy was talking about in regards to the dinosaurs? Yes, exactly. It. Yes, yeah. exactly. That you can kind of play with dinosaurs and whatever if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? Yeah, yeah. Dinosaur Vienna attacks Triolotaroli. <laughs> With Trius support, the uh, plesiosaur moves to uh, moves to London. So, um, and the thing that I did find that was really fun is um, when you've been able to success success. Not that I were able to at all. When a player is successfully able to take <laughs> and destroy a unit. So, um, as what happened, uh, Turkey steamrolling through me as Austria manages to um, you know rip Serbia out of my control and I have an army there or a dinosaur or whatever and um, when he takes it over and effectively kills off that unit yep you know assuming there's still a retreat or whatever like that there's like flames that come out of the destroyed unit I reckon that was that was fun it's like it's been and, and also not on top of that but the unit seems to be like visually crunched almost <laughs> like it's been compacted down like to about it only about a quarter of its size. It's, it's really cool. That sounds fun. Um, what would happen if you were playing the dinosaur? Would it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the, the other things that, that I really liked about it was, and, and this was brought up with our original conversation with Care Bear, how you can send um, messages to multiple, multiple recipients. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. And in this particular game, as an example, um, I was trying to save myself and in doing so um, there was some conversation around about this anti-German alliance or anti-German English alliance and it was sent to like um, uh, me as Austria, Russia, Italy and France Okay, and um, it became quite clear to me that well all of the players around me were just talking bullshit anyway but uh, in particular one player was definitely talking bullshit, I think it might have been Turkey not that I'm dissing Turkey, but I think it was. And um, so then it allowed me to quickly um, take that previous message, say, um, uncheck Turkey, and then send a message just to, say, Russia, Italy, and France saying, oh, look, guys, I reckon Turkey is full of shit. You know oh, what I mean? Sense. I don't think yep. we should be doing this, blah, 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 blah. So that was really good. Um, and the thing that was as that I, um, I I really appreciated because I'm not regularly going obviously to play diplomacy was the way the system works. It sends you emails reminding you, hey, you got orders due. You got oh, orders yeah. due in this period of time. Like, and I, I remember what it was. But it was twelve hours, six hours, one hour. One hour you know what Could I mean? Could you nominate how often that happens? Or? I don't know. I, I you maybe you can, but I, I couldn't work maybe, it out. But, yeah. <laughs> But if, okay. Whatever, I've got the, the out-of-the-box setting. and um, Well, that's handy, especially if you're not frequent to the site. Yeah, so I wasn't... I didn't miss any turns as a result of that. Um, the other things, I guess, that were different, and, and this was kind of inferred to within Super Dipsy, on a, on a mobile device, you know, a cell phone or whatever like that, uh, it's 
really difficult uh, if you've actually submitted your orders correctly. I thought doing it online like within a, a um, computer was hard. Yep really hard on the phone right so i think okay. they're, they're making an app in that space i think that's a fantastic idea yep. um and when you get to the end after adjudication unlike say web diplomacy and v diplomacy where you've got your little arrows say for the example i gave before of um uh turkey attacking serbia maybe from bulgaria and you know, albania yep. okay, okay. Yep. um Normally, you'd actually see your arrows about how everything's going on. None of those arrows are on the play diplomacy interface. Right, okay. So it's yep. it's often hard to work out what the fuck just happened. It's like, yeah. who was where? Where's gone where? I can see what's happened now, but what happened? Right, so what was the... Yep, who supported who and where? So yeah. surely there's like a, a, an order history you could look at. Well, you can... Yeah, you can go back and view the orders and choose the period of time, but then also it'll pop up a, a separate, uh, like a pop-up. Right. So it's a different map within a different pop-up or whatever like that. And then you've got to switch between the backwards and forwards between the two. That's a bit clumsy. Yeah. And even with the chat box, if you're doing the chat thing, that's popped up as a separate box, a separate thing. So you've got to keep flipping backwards and forwards. That's a bit clumsy too. Right, okay, yeah. Um, but all in all, was it, was it a good experience? It was a good, it was a yep. good game. Oh my God, those... Play dippers, they can fucking talk. Yeah. Oh my god, I got like about three times as many correspondence than I get from V dip or web dip. Is that because maybe it's group chat? Is it or is it those specific? It's probably because of that group chat thing. But like, I, I had a couple of busy days. I think I think the session I played was like maybe a twenty-four hour, no, sorry, forty-eight hour um, phase. And sometimes that I kind of didn't tune in for like a day and a half. And yep. I tune in, and it's like twenty-two messages. That's right. like fucking hell. This isn't like a, you know, a World War Four board where you've got thirty-four players or something going on. This is yeah. this six other players. Yeah, how much can you talk about? And yeah. and and, and, <laughs> and particularly with the group conversations, is trying to work out who said what when, and because it always comes up as who actually sent the message, and then you have to try to work out the the snail trail. You know what I mean about where this started, where it went. And I don't want to sound like a moany bitch. Well, you're starting to sound like a moany bitch. I know I'm starting to sound like a moany bitch. But um, I, I think what would be interesting, I think players like, well, well, admins like Super Dipsy, if they're going to make some changes, I think it would be really, really useful for them not only to engage with their, their core audience within Play Diplomacy about how things can be improved, but maybe some of the, the newbies who've turned up. It doesn't have to be people who've come across from VDIP or WebDIP or whatever for the championship, but just yep. newbies with their perspective, I think, would be quite useful about how the interface can be improved. Right. Because yep, yep. in some ways, it just rocks the socks off the other PHP sites. Yeah. But otherwise, it's just like giving itself its own massive kick in the ass. So, so right. Well, but overall, overall, it's great. A lot of players there. It's pretty easy to pick up a game. Right. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm tempted, you know. Mm. I am tempted, yeah. <laughs> if do I, I didn't have so many games on going at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway. Mm. So, Anyhow. that's my personal perspective on Playdip. Mm-hmm. This has probably been a very long interview now. I think once we've added this on, this is over now two hours, definitely. Yes. So our apologies again. Um, we'll probably go up and get another drink. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. then we'll start recording episode 16, which will get even more boozy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So don't so, forget you missed that one. Hey, and I must, must say, first off, for those, for those um, anyone who's listening to the podcast, 
Um, I can't stress enough how important it is. Make sure you, you go over to iTunes. Um, give us a review. Give us a, a rating. Literally, it'll take you like 15, 20 seconds. I, I know you guys spend like more than bloody 20 minutes writing some intricate messages when you're playing a game or trying to analyse a board. I spent an hour <laughs> recently doing that. So, you know, half a, 30 seconds isn't going to kill you. And it really helps us get the message out about the game. So Yeah, yeah. So hopefully read your message soon. And um, tune in for the next episode when it, if when it comes, comes out up in about two weeks' time. Yep. And we'll start recording after we've gone back to the beer. The, the beer. The, the beer. bar. <laughs> the, I think we need more drinks. More drinks. Uh, right. I'm Ambie. I'm Kana. And uh, you've been listening to Diplomacy Games. Good night. <laughs> Cheers. Bye.